What's up, everyone? Happy Thursday to everybody. It's Game Face, episode 45. We've got some crazy stuff going on here right now. I don't know what's happening in this building, but yeah. it sounds like, sounds like there's strangling goats yeah. out in the hallway. Yeah, the studio next to us is having some fun. We've also been having issues with Twitch for some reason. I don't know. The stream keeps going up and down. Uh, you guys seem to be getting it okay, which is good, and ultimately the archive is what matters most. So we're just going to trudge forward with the show. Uh, Matt, I think we can officially call this month Beta Month 2016. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, unofficial releases. <laughs> I mean, it's just Beta Insanity. We're going to talk about a couple of them today. They just announced today as well that uh, Mirror's Edge Catalyst is having mm -hmm. one like next week. Uh, Battleborn's going on right now. We're going to talk about that. Doom starts in a couple days. Yeah. I mean, it's Beta Insanity, people. Lots of good stuff. It's really good to see everyone get, be able to get their hands on these games early instead of just the press. Um, it definitely makes uh, for better conversation on Sifted and all their various websites as well. So it's pretty exciting to see kind of that change. Really, this gen has yeah. brought that change. Like, it didn't really happen last gen at all. It's a lot easier to get this stuff to people now. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just been a huge... It's been a, a shift in general mm -hmm. in the industry uh, to be more inclusive with your consumers, the people mm -hmm. who are actually paying for your stuff. And I think that's great. I think the more people who can get their hands on this stuff before it comes out, the better for the game. Uh, the better for people making informed purchase decisions as well. So, good things happen in this gen. The other thing I like too is not having to have a debug to review games. Like, that's yeah. been a huge shift for us as yeah. journalists. Like, it used to be you used to have this extra console that would just play debug code, and now we don't need that anymore. Like, we just basically they send us a code, it's up on Xbox Live or PlayStation Network. Um, it also make, ensures that they don't have to have this crazy debug program anymore that they used mm -hmm. to have. and. Yeah, just lots of things you changing. You lose that on all your achievements. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't. Now I actually get my achievements yeah. when I play games for review, which is great. So, a couple things I want to talk about off the top before we get to the big six. Uh, first of all, Quantum Break, Microsoft's big push over the last couple months has been this integration of Windows and Xbox. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, as people have been complaining about it, people who have an Xbox are pissed off that people on PC are going to be able to play the games. I have no idea why. I mean, I guess. It does kind of lessen the... Reasons to own the Xbox One are few and far between these days. And they're getting slimmer every day. And uh, so something happened with Quantum Break where basically how it worked is if you bought the game, you got a PC download code with the Xbox One version of the game. Well, what's happening is and who's going to go and play it again on PC? I mean, you could, mm -hmm. I could have told him it was a dumb idea from the beginning. But what's happening is the people, instead of playing the PC version... <laughs> are now selling the download codes for the PC version on places like eBay. And basically, they're going for anywhere from $20 to $35 a pop. Um, Microsoft is going to lose its ass on this. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure it thought of this. But no one cared, I guess. How do you not care about losing all that revenue? Mm. What is the... What's the upside here, Matt, for this? I don't get it. I think they just wanted people... I thought they people... I guess they thought people would just, like, automatically upgrade to Windows 10 to play a better-looking version of it, but it doesn't even really look any better on the PC, It really. doesn't. They're having huge problems with it. A patch isn't coming for another couple weeks for the PC version of Quantum Break. Um, I don't know what the deal is with that. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, it's a Microsoft game and it's not running well on Windows. That's a problem. And I'm pretty... I, if, if, do I understand it right? You can't download the videos on PC? Like, you have to stream them? Yeah, I believe so, so yeah. Like, so, so, so I'm sure they'll probably change that too. But, yeah. 
I just, I can't understand the strategy behind this. Like, look, I get, you know, PC, you want people to play PC games, you want people to, but it just, mm-hmm. it makes no sense to me. As with pretty much all of Microsoft's PC gaming decisions recently, I don't even have a theory. I like, just, I, I, don't, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, the only thing that this is, to me, it just keeps pointing to that there's never going to be another Xbox. Like, mm-hmm. that's the only logical decision I can come to from all of this. Like, like some kind of weird, like, get used to it, because this is what you're going to have to move to soon enough. Right? I mean, are they so desperate to get people to upgrade to Windows 10 that they're going to willing to lose, like, $60 on a video game? Like, maybe. How can I don't that know. be, though? Maybe they didn't think people... Why wouldn't they pay for a... The, the, I don't know. I mean, like, I anecdotally, know. like, my mom still has an upgraded to Windows 10, even though it's free. Cause she's I like, haven't upgraded to Windows 10. I have. I don't I, trust All them. my machines I've upgraded to, and it works great. Like, I love it. I have no problems with it at all. It works just as well as Windows 7 for me. Uh, but my mom's like, I'm afraid I'll lose, like, my bookmark. Like, you know. Right. <laughs> Parent things. They have, no, they have no understanding how stuff works. I try at Christmas. I was like, come on, let me do it for you. Don't touch that laptop, <laughs> Shane. It's like... Trust so, me, of all things that will carry over, the bookmarks will carry over. You can't, yeah. even get, you can't get rid of your bookmarks if you want to. Exactly. Well, if you're using Chrome, it's like it doesn't matter what. Right. You can use any computer and your bookmarks come up as long as you're logged in. So I'm just at a complete loss. And to me, again, at the end of all this, the only thing that makes sense is they're getting out of the console business. And they're just trying to get all their customers from Xbox to start playing games on the PC so that when they do finally announce this, it doesn't come as some huge shock. Mm-hmm. I just don't know any other like, way. To... You know, like the next Xbox will basically just be a PC. Be a PC, like and a it'll run Windows kind of 10, and like, I, I don't know. But it's it's insane to me. This the whole project, the whole program is insane. Um, the fact that they would just give away copies of Quantum Break, their big exclusive release for Xbox One, I mean, like the people who bought Quantum Break got a nice like, you know. A little extra money out of it, you know. They well, only, yeah, I mean, they the only end, paid half price for the game. Exactly. Like at the end of the day, they paid half price, and then Microsoft is losing that sixty dollars on that PC version where they're selling it to people who may have bought it mm-hmm. on eBay. So, I don't know. Again, you know, and then the fact that Phil, Sense, Phil Spencer has put has poured cold water all over the idea of upgrading the Xbox One. I don't know. And then don't today, know. GameStop comes out and says new consoles imminent. The CEO of GameStop today... Imminent, imminent consoles. Talking to stockholders who are probably freaking out because, you know, if I had stock in GameStop, mm-hmm. I'd probably be freaking out too, and I'd sell it. But he said today that new consoles are imminent. He didn't say what or, or which company. Gen. I mean... I mean, yeah, five years used to be the... You know, we just came off the longest gen in, in console right. gaming. Five years seems pretty fast. Really fast. Yeah. But again, I don't think it's going to be a case where you're not going to be able to play your old games mm-hmm. on the new hardware. I just think you're going to have added advantages if you do get the new hardware. So you think, that, will the PlayStation 4K end up being the PlayStation 5? No. I think they'll probably just call it the PlayStation 4, honestly. I don't mm-hmm. even think they'll change like the branding of it at all. Because if you do that, then there's that whole confusion over... Yeah, but I think if you've got games that are actually, you know, how long until a game only runs on that? You know, like, like the new 3DS thing. You yeah, know? I mean, right now there's like four games that only run on the new 3DS um, that won't play on... And although people would argue Hyrule Warriors doesn't really work right. on the old it's 3DS. technicality so that, on Yeah, that. but they say it does. So, I don't know. Um, you know, GameStop saying that, that's a pretty good sign that some stuff is happening. Yeah. Um, they're not going to just go on an investors meeting call and just... I wonder if we'll hear BS. about it at E3. We have to. I mean... That's... That, that, 
talking about new systems, not just upgraded systems, but new systems at this point, that's fast. Yeah. That's real fast. Yeah. I mean, three it's years three into years. the gen. Yeah. Not even two and a half years. You know, three years this fall. Yeah. That's fast. It is really fast. And one thing I would say, too, is like, if you're thinking about buying a new console, like, I would wait. Yeah. Don't do that I yet. I mean, MPDs came out today. Um, right before we came, so they're not going to talk about it on the show today. But, of course, Sony won again. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. But I, I'll, be, I'll be interested to watch MPDs for the next, like, two weeks or two months, I mean, to see if people are like, wait a minute, like, why would I buy new hardware right now mm-hmm. when, you know, these other consoles could come out and suddenly I'll have, like, the old piece of mm-hmm. hardware, blah, blah, blah. Especially I mean, when, the, you know, the current consoles really aren't that low in price at this point. You know, 350 is not... You know, a bargain really at this point. You know, yeah, you get you can get like one or two games with it, but you know, that's not like impulse buying. Oh, like you know, like a ninety nine dollar PS two used to be. Yeah, this is, that's still a major purchase, and for something that might be obsolete in two years, that's crazy. Yeah, two years. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? The rate yeah. things are going right now, it could be way less than that. Well, so. they're going to argue very strongly. I think that the four K does not make your existing PS four obsolete. Right. But uh, I don't know how many people are going to believe that. Yeah, it's hard. It's it can be hard to like see these games run better on this other thing that also has the same name as what you have, but you just have like the crappy one. Right. All right. So we'll move on from that. The next little topic we're going to talk about off the top of the show is Rockstar sued by what most people would probably say was their ace developer. Mm-hmm. Because look, the Housers are really hands on for people of their stature and for people who have their jobs and their positions. But they, they, they don't do everything. And, I, and so what's happened is an old employee was basically, he says, he went on a sabbatical and came back and his key card didn't work anymore. Hmm. And, you know, if we even had this story on Sifted about him leaving. It was mm-hmm. like last year or whatever. And uh, it was billed as like a sabbatical. Like that's sort of like what made the rounds in the press. It wasn't that he was leaving the company mm-hmm. and it wasn't that he was let go or laid off or anything like that. And so he comes back to work after his quote-unquote sabbatical. His key card doesn't work, which is everyone's worst nightmare. If you Mm -hmm. work at any job that uses key cards, the day you come to work and your card doesn't work anymore. Especially after a vacation. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so it's turning into this he said, she said thing, where he's saying that he left for a sabbatical, thought everything was cool, came back, he's canned. Rockstar is saying, oh, no, you knew like when you left that we were basically parting ways with you and getting rid of you. And the problem is is that the guy who was who's embroiled in this feels that he's owed $150 million in royalties. Wow. So just put that feather in your cap for a second and just think about the money that some of these developers are making on really successful games. It also came out this week that Grand Theft Auto V has generated like $3 billion or $2 billion. I can't remember which, which it was. I think it was two. Two billion dollars so far. And a huge chunk of that is post-sale, like, DLC 500 stuff. million from Grand Theft Auto Online they've generated already. 500. That's more than most most publishers hope to generate from their base game. Yeah. Or from, like, their yearly schedule. Yeah. Like, their entire financial report yeah. for a year. They've made that off Grand Theft Auto Online. So, think about that. Two billion. That's 2,000 millions Mm-hmm. It just boggles the mind. The yeah. money. Well, that's the thing. The billion, the billion versus million thing. Like you don't think about how you know, like because like a million seconds is like 
what is that, like three weeks? Yeah. And a billion seconds is three months? Yeah. Or something it's like that? It's insane. Oh, no, no. A million seconds is three months, and a billion seconds is 30 years. Right. Yeah. That's what it it's is. It's a huge... Like, people don't it's realize... A, it's like, uh, if you're a billionaire versus a million, like, it's not even in the same, same solar system. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, it's crazy. And so... Two billion on this game. This guy's looking for 150 million, which works out to a very small percentage of what's there. But still, that's a lot. Mm. And so, in the in the case of in the the course of discovery for this case, a lot of the paperwork is starting to come out, and some email exchanges between the Housers and mm. him have come out where. Basically, it's been revealed that he bailed out Red Dead Redemption from development hell. Hmm. Um, he wasn't even working on the game. He was working on a Grand Theft Auto game. The game, let's not forget, that after it came out, uh, Rockstar then fired that whole team, that whole San Diego team. Yeah. Well, did they? Yeah, they all got laid off immediately after that game shipped. I remember being at the GDC Awards, and it won, like, Action Adventure Game of the Year or something... And a bunch of guys who made it were there, but none of them would come up to accept the award because they didn't work for Rockstar anymore. And like they're like, uh, thanks. Like we didn't, you know. They just raise their hand. We got fired after this got made, but I'm glad you like it. <laughs> Bye. Like that was it. Like, it was literally it. Like, it was it was crazy. Well, well the Housers aren't going to fire themselves. No. <laughs> Even though if you read those emails, it appears that they were the project managers on that project from afar, mind you. They're in like yeah. Scotland or wherever. And they're you know they're they're also managed you know I think they did a very similar thing with uh, uh, L.A. Noir. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they seem to be pretty good at pulling troubled productions out of the mire. Team Bondi was in Europe though, right? Australia. Australia. Oh, yeah, there's a big difference between Europe and Australia. Yes, the other side of the planet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think Australia is on the other side of the planet from everything. <laughs> If you'd like to be more part of the global game development community, you should get off your island and push it closer. Yeah. That's what we're saying. <laughs> so, there, look, there's evidence. There's these email exchanges between, I think it's Sam Hauser mm-hmm. and this, this developer, where he's at begging this guy to bail him out with Red Dead and jump on the project and save it because there was just a myriad issues that they were having with the game. So this guy, by all accounts, saved Red Dead Redemption, which ended up being a great game. Obviously, he's the mind behind the Grand Theft Auto games. You can't praise him enough for that. I mean, obviously, he does a great job with those projects. So, uh, you know, here's the fear, is they let this guy go. What happens to Rockstar's games? I don't know. Do they suddenly lose that special sauce? They must have other people in there. Well, that, sure. That have sort of a similar, you know, I don't, I don't, that's the thing is we don't really don't know anything about Rockstar's internal culture. Yeah. You know, they're so private and so but quiet no. about stuff. So. Yeah. Also, I should correct myself. That was the Dice Awards that okay. that happened. That happened with Red Dead Redemption. Um, I mean, I have to figure that, like, you know, someone in there knows how to do things the way the Housers like them done, and they'll just hand it off to them. I mean, because they wouldn't lock, they wouldn't change the man's key card if they didn't have a plan to replace him. I would. Yeah, say. you would think. I mean, one thing you can't say is that the Housers are dumb. Right. Like, <laughs> you don't make two. You don't make two billion dollars with like you know, one with, product, like just making it up as you go. Yeah. Right? Um, I mean, so I would, I would as- assume they'll be, it'll be fine. Like, I, I, you know, we wouldn't notice anything. Really. I don't know, man. Because here's the thing about Rockstar is like... Because the way they're seeing it, I'm sure they say, well, this is, you know, he was good, and he did the, but he's also someone we've had to bail out in the past from that Rock, the Red Dead Redemption thing, you know. But that wasn't him, though. He wasn't working right. on Red Dead. So they sent him to fix to it. To fix it, yeah. When, they, when the Housers so he was, he couldn't was get their the hitman. Pro- yeah, he, he was the guy, that the ringer that they sent in well, to like, fix the game. Well, then it just makes you wonder what the hell happened that they thought he was no longer worth keeping around. Exactly. Well, I guess if you... And read, like, then you start wondering, is it like an Infinity Ward situation where they just don't want to pay him what they owe him? Right. And, and so if you do read into some of the court documents a little more closely, 
they're saying that there were disciplinary issues with him mm-hmm. and and look, those guys have huge egos. I have a friend who worked with the Housers and he said that they were insufferable. Like literally the worst people he he's ever worked with in his entire life. Before then, during then, and after then, like eight or nine years later, he still never worked with people as big a jerks as the Housers were. Hard to argue with their methods, with the results right. that they get. Um, but, you know, their reputation precedes them. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk to anyone in the industry, one, they're crazy aloof. Like, you'll never get an interview with them or see them at events or anything. Like, they just, they don't care. Because they don't need anyone. Right. And and so, you know, for them to say that he was a malcontent and he was a problem at the company, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Because... <laughs> They're notorious for being exactly that in right. the workplace. Well, also, like, they're notorious for not tolerating that. Right. Like, if, you, if he really was a problem in that regard, like, how, did, how was he even there that long? Yeah. And going back to the special sauce thing, like, if this guy is their ringer, and, you know, Rockstar's games have this something to them. Like, one, mm. they're really good at figuring out what people want. But, two, they're also very good at pegging the poignant moments from an era or a place in time. Like... A lot of people make game make games set in the old west, but none of them were as good as Red Dead Redemption or seemed quite as authentic. A lot of people try to make modern day games and try to bring pop culture references into them, and they always they always fall flat on their face. Rockstar's games freaking nail it every time, and so you, it's hard to quantify the ability to do something like that. Is what I'm trying to say. Mm. And if this is the guy who was able to do that, give him the 150 million dollars. Mm. Like, I don't know. You still have a lot more left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot more left. Like 150 million is like off of that is like it's a drop in the bucket. Yeah, you 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 may not even really feel the need to bend over and pick it up if you drop it. I mean, look, the Housers have more money than they or the next ten generations of their family could ever possibly mm. spend. So I do kind of maybe have a problem with them maybe saying it's a greed thing, but then, again, my buddy who worked with them said that they were tightwads and would, yeah. like, well, I mean, push back on re-recording voiceover, which, you know, may cost you $1,000 to bring mm-hmm. that voiceover guy back in. Well, that's the thing is, like, you know, everybody, you know, talking about, like, oh, that rich, those rich guys are so cheap about everything. Well, that's, why, how do you think they got rich? Yeah, Putting exactly. Not spending <laughs> the money on anything, you know? Like, that's part of it. And uh, it's going to be, you know, they are, you are kind of running into this thing where, like, once you have, you're dealing with that level of money, Sometimes it's like it's tempting to try to sort of brush off the people that you owe right. a lot of that success to, and I think you know there's a, there's a lot of rumors that fly around that something similar happened uh, at uh, Mojang with Notch when, yeah. he, when he got his payout, and like the the two guys that built Minecraft with him, he tried to give him like 150 grand <laughs> out of like his three billion dollar like Microsoft sale, and they both said, "Go fuck yourself." I'll see you in court. Yeah, and, like, and, and then he moved to LA and bought a mansion in Hollywood because I guess no one wanted to talk to him anymore. I don't know. And now he has friends that he pays for. Yeah. Pretty much. That's what it comes down to with what's going on with him in, in L.A. But like, I, well, and you're starting to see weird tweets from him now, too, talking oh, about yeah. how depressed he is because he realizes he's surrounded with people who are just there for his money. Yeah. Welcome to L.A., brother. Welcome to Los Angeles. <laughs> like, yeah, it, you know, everybody in this town wants to be rich and famous, but... Uh, no one wants to do anything to get it. It's way better just to be rich. <laughs> yeah, just, you're right. <laughs> it's like, you don't want the fame. Like, the fame is what's killing him because everybody knows who he is and knows where to find him. Right. Well, they also know that his house is like the party house. All right. Because there's an E3 party there every year now and all this. It's not know. even that. It's like he has parties there like every yeah. night of the week. 
and like all the Hollywood mm-hmm. hangers on who have nowhere to go and want free booze and God knows whatever else. Yeah. If you're not being paid to show up at, to be at a party somewhere else in Hollywood, you just go to Notches. And free party favors all yeah. night long. So, yeah, I don't know where this is going to end up. It's going to be really public, mm-hmm. which we're going to get. We already got a little bit of a glimpse inside Rockstar, which which is amazing. Like, rare. No, no, you never get to find. And I have a that. feeling that Rockstar may eventually get into a position where it is really nervous about more of its behind the curtain stuff coming out, mm-hmm. and it's just like you know what, pay the guy. Yeah. And it's probably the whole purpose of his case. He probably never expected it to go to court. He's like, I'll ask for the one hundred and fifty that they may or may not owe me. We'll negotiate. I'll probably get a hundred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor me. Yeah. Or even <laughs> if you just get fifty. Yeah. You know, I, it's pretty good. I'd take one. <laughs> but it, you know, it is hard to look at. You know, you look at the revenue of that game, and you're like, I did that. Yeah. And I got what? Yeah. Well, I'm sure I, I got. A, did get I'm sure you got well, paid, but it's like you still you got a sabbatical and a, and, a, and they change the locks on you. Like yeah. that's like I can I can understand why he's pissed. Yeah. In that regard, you know. I, who knows how much money they, you know, effectively really do owe him? Probably more than that, really. Because people will look at that and say, "Oh, you're complaining about 150 million dollars," but what you don't realize is that the Housers probably made 300 million on that game at least each. A- you know, each. Like, yeah. And so when you get put in that context, it's like, yeah, 150 million dollars yeah. to make video games—that's awesome. But these guys took all of it. Mm-hmm. And they're not doing hardly anything on the game anymore. I'm the ringer who comes in and fixes yeah. stuff that they I mean, screw up. They've got the vision, but he's got to you know tighten the bolts. Right. You know, he's got to build the the building yeah. basically. So before we move on, just one last anecdote. My friend who I who I mentioned earlier worked at Rockstar. He said one time they had a line for the game that they could not cut from the game, and they did not have a clean take. They had like microphone pops the day that they recorded mm-hmm. the guy. And the guy was like, I'll come back in, I'll re-record it, I'll give you half my day rate or whatever. And the Housers just happened to be in the office that day. And they came in and told my buddy, go through the rest of his voice over to find the words you need and patch it together. Wow. Yeah. Just to show you. Like, now this was... That's cheap. This was eight (laughs) years ago. Look, even then, they were rolling in the dough. So, yeah, I could see why yeah, they would... Yeah, post-GTA 3, you're good. You're good to go, yeah. yeah. And so... You can, you can afford a, another VO session. Yeah, just so you know what kind of thing we're dealing with here, that's that's where it's at. Yeah, so. like that, you know, assuming it's typical scale, half, like half, you're, probably, you're probably talking about 600 bucks. Now. Right, yeah. His day right. rate was probably maybe 2,000. Yeah. Maybe 1,000. <laughs> if that, I mean, if he's big, you give it, you know, but yeah. you're, you're, you're probably looking at about 1,500 for a day rate stand, for a standard voice actor. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah, that's 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 not that much money when you think about how much it costs to make a Grand Theft Auto game. Yep. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I would work for a lot less in a day. Let's get to the big six. Star Fox Zero. <laughs> I've been playing it. Hopefully, that's not a preview of the score. <laughs> no. I haven't played it. Yeah. Uh, I'm 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 looking forward to it. I hope I hope it's good. Yeah, so I have to be very careful about yeah. what I say today. Still some embargo uh, roadblocks. Yeah, so the preview embargo is up, and I got a two-page list of stuff I could and could not talk about. Most most of it was very level-specific or extras or things that you mm-hmm. unlock and things like that. So I can't really talk about stuff like that, but I can talk about the game as a whole. I am on the last level of the game, and I have fought the final boss now about 15 times, and... Still don't feel like I'm anywhere close to beating him. Um, 
So the first thing I would say about this game is that it's not easy. Um, so remember the whole dust up over them putting like the dip, the easy difficulty in mm-hmm. the game. Um, I can see now why they would do that because mm-hmm. you know you look at this game, it looks like a kid's game, and uh, it's not a kid's game. <laughs> 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 the first couple levels, kids could probably get through, but after that, it's way too complicated for kids. Um, it, I mean, truth be told, it is very similar to Star Fox 64 in the controls and how you play. But I would argue that most kids probably couldn't handle Star Fox 64 either. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Again, i got to tap dance around a lot of the stuff I want to talk about with this game. But I think the first thing I would say is if you were hoping for another Star Fox 64 you're going to be pretty happy mm. because it is basically it's basically the same game in a lot of ways. It's actually kind of a little bit like the Ratchet and Clank remaster that just came out. How it was based on the original but it expanded on it a little bit and kind of brought new elements into it. It's more of a remake. Then. Yeah. This game has a lot of the same stages, planets, uh, the structure the gameplay systems are all identical to Star Fox 64. Um, I was surprised I didn't pick it up right away and was a master because I was really good at Star Fox 64 back when it came out. Um, and it took me a little while to get over the hump with this Even game. Even the dialogue's the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it took me a little while to get over the hump and start getting to where I was getting good at this game. Um and again, I would say it's definitely not for, for kids at all. They may be able to fiddle around with the couple, first couple mm-hmm. levels and have some fun, but uh, I think eventually they're going to hit a wall. They're not going to be able to make any progress. Yeah, I mean, Star Trek 64 was like that, too. It was like, you know, the second half of that game is hard. Yeah, I didn't find it to be that hard, though. Like, it's hard if you're, like, eight. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, know? sure. Like, if you were a kid, I think it would be really difficult. It's not like, oh, there's animals in it and stuff. Like, that's how, let Johnny play it. It's like, no, Johnny's going to be crying. That's what, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> but it does, I mean, you look at the game. If I were a parent, and right. I didn't know a lot about video games, I'd see that game, and I'd be like, oh, I'm yeah. going to buy this for my kids. But I would tell you right now, anyone watching or listening to this, do not buy this game for your kids. Buy it for yourself. Hmm. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I was shocked to see how similar this game is to Star Fox 64. Like, it really is not an entirely brand new game. Um, Not necessarily a bad thing, because it's been a long time, you know, making brand new Star Fox games that have been disappointing. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather, uh, uh, you know, another Star Fox 64-like than, say, another Star Fox Assault or another Star Fox Adventures. Well, you know, here's the thing. So this game's been delayed a couple times, and I have a feeling that this game maybe was going to stray a little farther off the path, and Mm -hmm. then I think people saw that and were like, wait a minute, this doesn't look like the Star Fox I want. I think maybe they kind of went back to the drawing board and kind of morphed it back into this more traditional form, for lack of a better, better way to describe it. Kind of unusual for Nintendo. Yeah. So there, there are some changes to it, though. The boss fights are all different. Like, they're all brand new bosses in the game. Um, there's a brand, a couple brand new vehicles, actually. There's that weird walker thing, mm-hmm. which... Ugh. <laughs> ugh. It's so bad. And then there's a couple ships that you get aside from the R-Wing. And in all honesty... Oh, there's, there, the walker. there's the walker. In all honesty, the walker segments and the segments with the other ships are the worst parts of the game. Hmm. Like... The Landmaster tank and the R-Wing stuff is fine. Great nostalgia-inducing. Makes that smile come across your face when you first start playing it. These sections of the game are... I have no idea who tested this and thought it was a good idea to leave them in. I... 
I, I have no idea why they would include these parts. So the in section there. where you can transform is bad. You're breaking my heart. Yeah, <laughs> that is a, that is a tough <laughs> thing to take. Um, some look, these parts are okay because you can mm -hmm. transform and you can start playing as the R wing if you want. But there are indoor there's, sections, there's forced sections, yeah. indoor sections where you're forced to play either as the walker or as the other plane, mm -hmm. so, as it were, or the other like aircraft. Yeah, the other craft. Yeah. Um, and they're the worst parts of the game. Like the camera trying to use that walker is terrible. Um, the other the first person stuff doesn't help at all. It's not. So here's the thing about this game. So the first person, like you think, you may think it's optional. It's not optional at all. There are boss fights and other sections of the game where you are forced to use the gamepad to target, and not even just target. In some some cases, even like fly and navigate in that first person perspective. Um, now, one thing I will say is that generally the accuracy, when the when it's calibrated correctly, is great. Like, you can even use it when you're just flying the R-Wing in general to fine-tune your shots. And it works great in that case. But the problem is, is that it constantly becomes uncalibrated. Hmm. So, to calibrate it, you have to click down the left stick. And it'll, like, recenter it. And once you've recentered it, it works amazing. But as you play the game, it starts to get loose and come off until the point where your reticule will actually start like being at the bottom or like the top of the screen. And you have to like click the stick and it'll center right in the center of the screen again. It, gets, it starts to get annoying, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. Um, and and so the, the, the gamepad stuff, it isn't just optional. Like almost all the boss fights require you to use mm -hmm. the pad because there's very specific spots specific that you have spots to shoot. You have to hit, yeah. And a lot of times they're obscured because they're turned one direction or whatever. If you really want to be accurate with it, you have to use the the motion controls to, to target accurately. And then there are other parts of the game where it jumps back and forth from these weird like camera angles. It'll go from like the traditional angle, which is just like behind your ship or whatever, and then it'll go to this weird third person camera angle. And honestly, I'm glad that happens sometimes because it actually clues you in that you need to look down at the gamepad because other, other times it never tells you. Hmm. You're just like, wait a minute, why can't I make any progress? And you look down at the gamepad and instantly you're like, oh, I'm supposed to be using the screen and the gamepad to get through this part of the game. Um, but at least in these third-person sections, like, immediately your brain says, oh, use the gamepad. And so it's this very weird thing where there's this crazy action going on on your big TV screen, but you're just looking at this little gamepad screen from a first-person perspective, shooting that one little weak spot on hmm. the boss for, like, the whole boss fight. And then there's some where, it, like, it switches back and forth. It'll go from that third-person, and then, like, the boss will go for a certain attack where it'll switch back to the regular camera angle, but then, like, you're all discombobulated trying to figure out, like, which... Because the other part, too, is that, like, a lot of times the camera will be way far away, and, like, your Landmaster tank will be, like, up the size of a dime on your TV screen, and you can't even tell if it's facing, like, forwards or backwards. And so you'll have to start controlling the Landmaster tank, but you don't know which way it's facing until mm -hmm. the camera gets down, and by that time, like, the boss is already delivered, like, it's blow or whatever. It, it, this game to me is just very un-Nintendo-like. And look, it hasn't been developed by Nintendo. It was mm -hmm. developed by Platinum. And to me, it appears that this game was developed by Platinum's, like, C-Team. Like, this isn't even up to, like, Platinum game levels, and it's certainly not up to Nintendo game levels. Um, it's just, like, all the little quirks that I mentioned, it just... It's like we were saying about Rockstar, how they have that special sauce. Like, a lot mm -hmm. of times Nintendo games have that, where everything is just like, maybe you don't care about the subject matter of the game, but you can still appreciate the workmanship of the game and the quality and the polish of the game. 
This game just doesn't really have that. And I'm playing Final hmm. Retail Code. This is a retail disc that I'm playing. This isn't some download code that's going to be updated or whatever. A lot of the stuff I'm talking about are things that are not going to be fixed in a patch. It's just like the core of the way the game was designed. Um, another thing I would say is like there's really no story in this game at all. Like hmm. no cinemas. Like there's an opening cinema that's like pre-rendered or whatever. But like even in Star Fox 64, there were like scenes here and there where like they showed them back at the base or whatever. Right. They were like rendered like real cinemas. There's nothing like that here. The only story you get are from the little transmissions that pop up on the screen. Um, now, one thing I would say is that, you know, the the traditional Star Fox levels on this game are a ton of fun. Like, and here's another, like this. Like this stupid, this is one of the ships <laughs> I was talking about. Like, this little robot comes out and you, like, this is, this is what happens. You can't judge like the mm -hmm. angles in this game for some reason you can't figure out if like that little robot you're dropping out that you have to send a hack actually is on the platforms like there's just something off about it but that is not very nintendo then no it's not and the one thing i would say though is that like the traditional r-wing levels and the landmaster tank levels are just as good and fun as you remember them and they make up probably better than half of the game i would say mm. um, but the problem is is that like the way the mission structure is set up in this game, you have to play all the levels to get to the levels that you want to play. So you eventually, you ha you're forced, you have to play through some of the levels with the walker and the other vehicles that aren't all, all that much fun. So here's some positives, though, other than the fact that I really like the R-Wing and the Landmaster tank stuff. The, the sound in this game is really cool. Like, they've really integrated the audio on the gamepad to kind of create, like, this 3D audio experience. And I wish it was something that more games did on the Wii U, hmm. to be honest with you. Um, like, for instance, when those little transmissions come up from your team members, like, the audio will be switched to one side on the gamepad, like, depending hmm. on which side they're talking on. So it creates, like, this kind of 3D thing. I mean, you're also hearing the surround sound all around you, but you're hearing the voice transmissions out of your gamepad, and they're kick to one side or the other, like whenever the transmissions come through. Um, you, can t you can also turn on a setting so you get the audio through your TV, through your TV set, but by default, it's set to come up out of your gamepad, mm -hmm. and I like that. I think it, it works really well. Um, technically, look, everybody can see the game and see that it's not bleeding edge tech. Um, I still would argue that there are some pretty incredible moments in the game where you're like, okay, now I can see where they're spending some of their resources on, on the real-time graphics in the game. But uh, I'm not done with it. There's apparently a bunch of stuff that I haven't seen yet that I haven't experienced. So, look, I'm not totally dooming the game or anything, but there are certainly... Just be aware of what you're walking into. Yeah, there are some concerns with this game, to be sure. I also have not started playing Star Fox Guard yet. That came with mm. it. Um, hopefully I can polish off uh, Star Fox Zero in the next day or two and move on to Star Fox Guard. Um... But so far, a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. I, w I mean, I could probably say pretty confidently right now that I'm not enjoying it as much as Star Fox 64, which is a shame. Um, so many years later in a game that basically just apes yeah. the original game. It's um, a cool shot, though. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> I said, every once in a while, there's like parts of the game where you're like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. But then you realize like the game really has like some yeah. of the yeah. objects in the game have no shadows and like... Mm. Then you're going to have to play the walker again. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, like, some of the graphics are just really crude. Like, you know, a lot of games, like, just dumb stuff. Like, right. okay, here's, like, a pole going into the ground. Well, a lot of games will have, like, 
shrubbery or whatever around the base of the pole. Not here, man. That polygon like, is just thunk. jammed straight into the ground. Like, you can just tell that this was a rush job by some other studio that's not Nintendo. Like, that's really what it comes down to. Mm. And, uh... I don't know if even saying it's a rush job is appropriate considering how long it's been in development. But yeah, um, it's been a while. But look, if anyone's looking at this game to be like the savior of, see, here's the example I was talking about: how it switches to like a third-person perspective. So right now you're watching this, but what you don't realize is when you're playing this section of the game, you're not looking at the TV screen at all. You're looking down at the gamepad. Mm. So it looks, I guess, it looks a little more cinematic than people watching the TV screen. Mm. But if you're actually playing it, it just seems awkward because you're like squinting to see that little dinky screen on your gamepad, and it's like you know, it's a boss fight. Like there's right. lots of tension involved and, and whatnot. So. You know, my game eval will be out for this on the 20th, which I believe is next Wednesday. Um, that's the embargo for it. Um, we will definitely have our game eval due uh, on embargo for this game. As you as you know, I've been playing it for a while already. So we'll be good for embargo mm-hmm. on this one. I just wanted to give my kind of initial impression slash preview of the game. This isn't necessarily my review or anything, but uh, those are kind of my initial impressions after spending... I don't know, I guess I played around six or seven hours. I mean, the length is pretty much what you'd expect from Star Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, there's incentive to go back and play it again. Um, every level that you play, uh, you can earn medals playing those levels. It's like the old Star Fox. Right. You get the gold medal on enough of them, you unlock stuff. Um, there's branching paths, so there's certain parts of some levels where... You can go left or you can go right. And the game does do a good job of telling you where they are because, like, Slippy will say, I'm going left. And so you're like, well, I guess I'm going right. (laughs) And then if you do that, it will actually take you to, like, new parts of the level. Uh, There's other parts of levels where if you go the right direction, it will actually open up a new planet for you to explore that you wouldn't be able to explore if you had just gone through the traditional way through the game. Again, just like Star Fox 64. Um, So there is incentive to go back and play it to get better at it. Uh, it's pretty darn hard as it is in the later stages of the game, and this is coming from someone who's been playing this series for a long time. Um, I don't know if I... I know I went back and played Star Fox 64 like a million times. But I think a big part of that was I was in awe of like polygonal graphics. It was like mm-hmm. one of the first like N64 games. It was the first game that had rumble like mm-hmm. ever. And there was a big novelty around that. I mm-hmm. remember the first time like I blew up a boss with the rumble packet, and I was like, oh my god, it's going <laughs> to shake my feelings loose. Like... That's all gone now, though. Like, mm. the awe of playing a, a polygonal video game that looks good is gone. Or the rumble thing is gone. Although I would say the force feedback in this game is excellent. So I wonder if they actually concentrated on that. Because it is, it does mm. kind of go the extra mile. And so I'm wondering if, like, internally they were like, this debuted the rumble pack and rumble in, video, in console games. Let's try that. to do something cool with it. Because it, it does work really well in this. But... Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think anybody expected this to be, you know, a AAA hardware moving game. Mm-hmm. I think just from what we've seen of it so far, and I think everyone, I guess the best way I could put it is that probably everyone's impressions of this game are kind of on the money already <laughs> <laughs> after playing it. Like yeah, you kind of you kind of know what you're getting if you've watched it. Yeah, really. there's no big revelation or anything, or it's not like a switch is flipped and all of a sudden it becomes like the Wii's best looking game or best playing game or anything. So. Mm-hmm. Thus speaketh Father Shane. Yeah, I am already seeing the Father Shane hashtags <laughs> in the chat. Yeah, Every time I wear a black shirt now with a white undershirt, I guess I'm going to get it. So maybe I have to switch to a black undershirt when you I You need to black. wear the future Shane shirt one day, and I can tell that story. I don't think I can fit into that shirt <laughs> right now, Matt, unfortunately. That was a much slimmer me that mm, wore the future Shane much, shirt. Much slimmer all of us. Yeah, exactly. So, 
That's a, that's a that's a shirt he wore for his next place skit. Yeah. And, uh, we no, he used to just wear it, and we'd make fun of you because it had like these weird like epaulets. Oh, it was and, a like, crazy this, shirt. It, was, yeah. it just looked like something that you'd like somebody from the Jetsons would wear. So yeah. we, we call we call oh future Shane's today. It's yeah, like, yeah. Shane from the future came to save us and all that stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> it turned into a thing. Yeah, it was a, it was a good shirt. Yeah. I don't even know if I still have it, to be honest with you. Maybe I'll just bring it in and hold it up next week or something. But uh, so yeah, that's what I'm gonna. T- that's all I'm gonna talk about with st- with uh, Star Fox Zero. Uh, again, I got to be really careful about what I say about the game to make sure I don't break any sort of embargo. Uh, game eval up on the twentieth. Because uh, Nintendo's watching, we know you're watching. Yep, embargo up on the twentieth. Game comes out on the twenty second, so you'll have a couple days to read everyone's reviews and kind of make an informed decision before you uh, decide to pull the trigger on it. So let's move on to the next topic. Mm-hmm. Gears of War 4 multiplayer. So, some footage leaked the other day. Somebody was at the event that they had and put the footage up. Oops. Oops. And that was taken down very quickly by Microsoft. Um, But today, the embargo did break Mm. for that event, and everything's kind of out there already. So, we were asking for more information, and we got it. We did get it. We got, (laughs) although I would argue, not very much new information. No. Because if you've played previous Gears of War games in multiplayer, it sure seems like you've already played this one. Yeah. I mean... It looks very familiar. So let's start talking about some of the things that were announced. Uh, only two modes in the beta, and everyone's going to get to play this, or at least everyone who has Gears of War Ultimate Edition or whatever will get to play the beta very soon. I think there might be a little bit of an open beta period for everybody I as well. I would guess eventually. They should. At least I hope they do that. Be wise, if only for stress testing. Yeah. So only two modes. One is Team Deathmatch. Everybody knows what that is. The other one is called Dodgeball. And I do, have to, I do have to say I think this is a genius idea for a mode. So it's basically Team Deathmatch, except when you die, you're taken out of the pool of players. But if you kill somebody on the other team, one of your players is revived. So, hmm. so how it works is, like, for instance, it could be four against one. And that one person manages to kill one of the other team. That gets one respawn for that team. Mm-hmm. So you're putting Q. When you die, you're putting so Q. So that's three on two. Right. And then if the, then it's it, mm-hmm. that tips the scales. And you kill another one of those guys, suddenly you're the team with three, yep. and the other team's a team with two. So it creates like this kind of seesaw aesthetic. Like, I don't know how balanced it's going to be, but I think the idea sounds really it's a cool. a cool idea. Yeah. yeah. I think it could work really well. Um, and it'll definitely work well in a, in a game with... You know, low team numbers and, you know, just how Gears works where it's like, you know, every death is a big deal. Yeah, 5v5. You lose yeah. a guy, it makes a big difference. So, uh, let's see. There's a big focus on esports. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, yeah. Every competitive shooter <laughs> Must at this be 2016. Point. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in light of that, they are creating, like, tiers of players. So, basically trying to create better ranked in matchmaking mm-hmm. um so there's gonna be tiers of players like you have to work your way up through a tier before you jump into the next tier um, they're hoping that that will make the matchmaking better because i'll be perfectly perfectly honest with you since gears of war 2 i play gears online for like a few days mm-hmm. because it is just a massacre yeah people are so good at this game anymore that I, did, I can't compete. Shotgun, 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 shotgun roll, shotgun, shotgun roll, shotgun, shotgun roll. And, you know, apparently at this event, <laughs> the coalition even mentioned shotgun rolls. Mm-hmm. And not in a derogatory way, was like, that's the way a good player Yeah, it sounds play. like they've really embraced the shotgun roll as kind of, you know, one of the core elements of the game. Which uh, I'm not really interested in. I'm not either. So. It, that, the shotgun roll ruined Gears of War multiplayer mm-hmm. for me. And look, I get it. It takes skill... You have to practice it and get good at it, but 
All it did was make it so everybody has to shotgun roll. Right. Because there's no good counter for it. So if either you learn how to do it or you just get destroyed. Right. Also, it's kind of frustrating to get killed by something that looks that stupid. It, <laughs> it really does look stupid. It reminds me of the uh, of the old battlefield days where everybody was dolphin diving. Everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was That's just right. like whole teams of people just like flooping up and down like a bunch of fish. People ridiculous. do that in Halo too. They just oh, yeah. jump everywhere so it's harder to shoot. I, I get that. I get it. But... The shotgun roll was almost like a borderline glitch though mm-hmm. that like people discovered and so many people got good at it that they just didn't want to get rid of it I think. Yeah well because I remember early on everyone was like how would he shoot me when he was still rolling? This is yeah. like well that's how it was shotgun. <laughs> yeah. It's called shotgun roll. <laughs> yeah. And so it looks like they're trying to even things out a little bit by creating these tiers but what they're also doing is creating a brand new kind of bot match variant that is supposed to train you up essentially. Um, they're saying that the highest level of the bot matches will be equivalent to like an esports team. Like if you can get good against these bots, then you'll be ready to play on an esports level. So that's the other thing they're saying. You know, these bots are supposed to help train people up, so to speak, mm-hmm. so that they don't just get their asses handed to them over and over online. I doubt that's going to actually work. That seems to be a stretch. <laughs> yeah, a big stretch. Because people, you know, I mean, even even if you're just up against the most laborious shotgun roller in the world. Uh, people still think cre- more creatively than AI. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, AI can't really reason. I mean, that's right. kind of where we're at with AI at this point. Like, it can use algorithms to come right. to a logical response about things, but reasoning is still kind of that wall that hasn't been broken through yet. Although they're getting there. Like, mm-hmm. there are some computers now that can beat hum- the best human players at chess. So And go. Yeah. So, Which people thought was like 15, 20 years out. Yeah. So, so. it's getting close. But, but you're probably, not, video you're probably game. not dealing with that kind of AI for Gears of War 4, <laughs> yeah, I don't no, think. Definitely not. Not when you have like 20 <laughs> bots running around. Like, it's not going to be that crazy uh, in depth. Although so. I look forward to the day when that becomes like the new challenge. It's like, can an AI programmer design a Halo AI that can beat, you know, the top esports players that might be a fun challenge because i would think most esports players would be able to destroy an ai even even on top level yeah i mean that's been my biggest disappointment of this generation is that developers have not used this new hardware to make ai better it's Mm -hmm. enemies are in games are still stupid it's crap like it's not i can't see any difference like it doesn't seem like they've dedicated anything to improving ai and to me that's what could make things way more realistic with games even maybe more so than Visuals. Mm. It's just the realistic interaction of another organism, which we're just not getting. Yeah. Or I getting... just wish there was a little bit of thought given, like stuff like in the, like the division, where it's like, all right, there's four guys over there with uh, heavy machine guns. I'm going to run at them with a club. Yeah, you know, you're like, it's like just a little, a little thought. It's like good. that in every game, though. Yeah. It's just the way it is. They're on predetermined animation routines, and like they don't think. Mm. They're just like, if this happens, if X happens, then I do Y. If Y happens, then I do Z. Yeah. And I mean, but then, of course, you can't really think of it too hard about that. And then you get into the whole, you know, I mean, most players just want to get through it and play it. And then, of course, you run into the problem of, like, you know, like, why is gunman number 439 running at Nathan Drake at this point? It was right. like, what makes you think you're the one? <laughs> He's going to dodge all the bullets. It's gonna, it's gonna get, that's going to do it. You know, like... <laughs> Yep, so let's see some other things. Uh, mantling. There's new... So Assassinations, we've uh, mm-hmm. curated a couple of videos over the last few days of these very short, like, 10-second clips showing the new Assassinations in the game. Some of them are really cool, but the big change, really, to Assassinations is that you can now do them over cover. Mm-hmm. So you can mantle... I do like this change. 
I love this change. You can mantle over objects and assassinate like somebody who's taking cover on the other side of the cover, mm -hmm. which is great. You can also kind of mantle over them, and if someone's like not even in the cover, you can mantle over them and use your knife to assassinate. Mm -hmm. So and you can also grab them and pull them over and yep. stab them yeah, on you your totally side can. of the cover. Yeah, you can. So like they've, they've, you know, the. There was always kind of an awkward conceit with cover. Yeah, but also kind of like there was no the game didn't really have a way for you to deal with someone who was in cover that close to you. It got ridiculous. And it was you know like melee was a little sketchy, and maybe you could get the the saw the bayonet, chainsaw yeah. in or the bayonet, but maybe not. And then like you know sometimes you get the shotgun roll out of it, but sometimes like it just you know you just wouldn't hit them, and like it was, or this, it just this, turns into this thing where you're both just popping your heads right, up over up and, and over, <laughs> or you're like rolling past each other, and you know it just became comical. And like you know this definitely seems to kind of you know, they've sort of solved one of the Gears problems with this, I think. Or, you know, it looks like it. I don't know. You know obviously, we, we need to see it in the wild more. Yeah, some of the hands-on previews have said it's kind of, it's not easy to pull them off, which yeah, maybe it's easy. that's I a guess, good you know, idea. I saw the, um, the, uh, like the IGN one, the guy basically said, like, it's really easy to pull them over the cover, but the timing, because then you have to hit the Y button again to, like, stab them right. as they come over, and the timing on that is, like, it does, there's no like prompt. Oh, like it did, at least when I was watching, it didn't look like there was a prompt in their footage, and you just have to know when to do it. And if you don't, you just kind of pull them over, and now you're facing each other. <laughs> so it's like, oh, gotta kill them. You know, and then it's awkward. And usually, you know, you still have the advantage in right. that situation because yeah. you knew it was going to happen, and you're ready to, you know, to unload on them. But like, it's much better, obviously, to just kill them. Yeah, but he was, but he was, you know, there was no footage of that happening. And the guy said, you know, the the guy uh, VOing it said like. I hope one day to get my timing down and I can show you that then. You know, like, <laughs> he's basically, I never got it to have, I never did it. I never got it to work. So. Well, there's the whole risk-reward risk yeah. system with the assassinations, because while you're doing an assassination, you're a sitting duck, and people can shoot you while you're doing it. Um, so, you know, that, that's been a part of it all along. You can even see right there, like, the mantling yeah. is way smoother than it used to be. Like, it you'll, used to yeah, be this... You'll, you'd, have to, you'd have to hit the cover and then go over. And it was always this awkward, like, clunky mm -hmm. animation. Now you just kind of zoom over top of cover, which is yeah. cool. And I do like how much they're really emphasizing that it's a sequel to Gears of War 3. Yeah, and yeah. Can we please they're ignoring judgment. not think yeah. about judgment right now? <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for the people that made that game, though. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not like it was their idea. You know? like, it was <laughs> exactly. like, we another Gears of War. Okay, great. You're going to pay us for that? Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's see. They only showed one new weapon called the Drop Shot. Mm -hmm. Which um, we've seen before. Yeah. They should, actually, that one assassination was with the Drop yeah. Shot that came out like two days ago, I believe. Um, but pretty cool weapon. I mean, mm -hmm. they're known for being really creative with yeah. their armaments. It's the only new thing. So it does, it, but it does seem to fit. The world, you know, it, yeah. it fits in with the with the arsenal we already have. Yep. Um, talked about esports already. There's gonna be crazy mm -hmm. spectator options for it, uh, basically allowing you to flip through cameras. Uh, I'm assuming a very small portion of the people who buy Gears Four is gonna care about that, but it's there. Um, you know, obviously they need to make make it esports mm -hmm. viable. I guess is the best way to put it. They've already put a lot into the original Gears with esports. I'm going to try to continue that with Gears 4, obviously. It definitely helps giving games legs, I would say that. Um, free map packs. So all the map packs are going to be completely free. Unusual. Yeah, and I think 10 ships with the game. Um, and then there'll be a first map pack like a month after release or something like that. Hmm. And all of them free. Hmm. Which is crazy. But the reason for that is... Because there are cards <laughs> in the cards, game. Cards, I called it. <laughs> you did call it. I knew there'd it. be cards. You did call Microsoft it. Microsoft loves their cards. Yep. Uh, Pretty much every Microsoft first-party game that has multiplayer has cards. Mm -hmm. And look, they're not the or only guilty party. Even if you party. don't, Rise of the in, Tomb Raider had cards. It's in pretty much every game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of become this... 
vehicle to deliver microtransactions mm -hmm. at this point. Um, but yeah, it has it. Um, and there's I'm waiting until you can start like you know like, like you're playing like Gears of War four and it drops like it's like oh you got a special card you can use this for your character here or you could trade it in for this Ferrari in Forza Horizon three <laughs> right, you know like, yeah. like you're waiting to cross pollinate if it knows you have that other game right. in your library you can, and it can, can happen. It's with probably it. going to happen. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all because all that would do is push people to play all those games more. It would just yeah. extend longevity yeah. for those games. I can see them doing that. We can see that strategy. If we could only understand their strategy of Xbox and PC. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you know, gouging me for like five bucks at a time it makes total sense. But yeah. like trying to get me to install Windows 10 to play a game I already own, yeah. like, that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> uh, let's see. Active reloads on a cooldown now. Oh, so you can't do it over. You and can't over just and over do again. it over and over again. They said it was like a seven or eight second cooldown in between active reloads, hmm. um, which I'm okay with. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't reload active reload that often. Yeah, I'm uh, surprised that that mechanic hasn't appeared in more games since Gears. Yeah. There's been a couple that have done it. I actually, I actually asked Cliff that once. I'm like, how come more people haven't stolen that active reload thing? Did and they patent it? No, he he, <laughs> he said I have no idea. He's like, I thought it would be like you know, he's everybody stole the cover thing. You know, we, you know, and he, you know, he admits they stole the cover. Right. Kill switch. Yeah, he, but, like, yeah. but he's like, I figured it would just that would do that. But I figured like active reload would be like how you reloaded guns and shooters from now on, and no one. Because it is it. a really good idea. It is really good, but maybe maybe people just think it's too identified with this series. I mean, but it's like Could such be. a good idea. It does. I mean, look, it does give yet another advantage to experienced players. Yeah. Well, also, I wonder if the other maybe one other thing about it is like it makes it a lot harder to balance the game. Yeah. You know and. Epic was really, really, really good at that. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, maybe you're just dealing with a level of talent in terms of being able to make something like that work. Yeah. Or, well, or, other, or people who just don't want to put in the time and the effort to something so minor. Well, the one thing I forgot to mention about the executions is you can now execute enemies directly out of the roadie run. Hmm. There's not that awkward, like, transition from roadie run to, like, stand up to your momentum ending and then mm. being able to, like, it, you can immediately just do it while you're sprinting, so to speak. So oh, That's good. And there look, was a lot of awkward transitional problems in Gears of War. There always has been. There's yeah. always that awkward transition from cover or traversal to combat. Mm -hmm. And I think they're doing the right thing by trying to smooth out all those edges. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, Matt. Like, doesn't Gears of War 4 need more than this? Probably. Like, this is really everything that they talked about at the event. Mm -hmm. That's all of it. Like, these are all the changes to Gears multiplayer. And, look, I get on some level, it's like a sport, and you don't want to change too much. It's like, well, you know, you can't take away first downs in football. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just the way football is played. But you're also kind of left with, okay, so let's see. I, you know, I played the Ultimate Edition of Gears of War 1 on the Xbox One, and then because I played that, they gave me, you know, all the, you know, the Xbox One backwards compatible versions of all the other Gears games. And then I decided to play those. So let's, let's say I hadn't played those, but let's say I, I never played Gears. I bought the Ultimate Edition. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'm going to play the other game. So now I've played four Gears games in the space of a year. Now this one comes out. And like, why am I... What, what is enticing about this beyond the better graphics for me to like jump in and, and do this one too? I mean, like, looking at this footage though, I mean... It doesn't look a whole hell of a lot better than like the last Gears. Yeah, it looks good. I mean, it doesn't look a whole hell of a lot better than uh, the Ultimate Edition. Yeah. The other thing is, like, I... It does run at 60 frames per second, yeah. and they're I mean, shooting for smooth. a 1080p target on Xbox One. My other thing is, like, I think it lost some of the iconic Gears look to it because everything is, like, like 
clean and well, built and like you know gears was so much about like kind of that destroyed beauty sort of ruin that like this doesn't even look like the same planet to me and it I may not be oh well, I, I think it's the same planet sarah but it's like you know after 20 years of rebuilding but they're apparently not doing that fancy gothic architecture anymore they're just doing factories or something well I think the other problem too is that the cogs don't really look like cogs anymore well yeah well they stopped their steroid regimen i guess yeah and uh, everybody looks like a like a normal person again one thing I would say that uh, does kind of give it that Gears flair is how the enemies have, like, the flowing robe. Oh, yeah, everybody's <laughs> got to have the... <laughs> the loincloth. Yeah, they're, they're uh, <laughs> you know, they're horrifying underground monsters, but they know how to flow... They know how to rock a tunic. They I wear mean, clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you wear clothes if you were a creature like that at all? Well, <laughs> Unless you were, like, in the subarctic temperatures. If you underground monster doesn't mean you don't have your modesty. And right there was an yeah, attempt was at... And then, ooh. And then he got him with the knife, yeah, so... I don't know, Matt. This multiplayer... It's interesting in the far future on another planet in, in a human colony post-war where we've pretty much forgotten about Earth. Everybody's still wearing the same beards that everybody, all the hipsters in Silver Lake are wearing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, everybody, like, all the facial hair in this game looks like it came out of a coffee shop in Soho. I don't, yeah. know, what, I don't know what the <laughs> deal is with that. But uh, I, I just, you know, I've played a lot of Gears. I don't quite know... What I'm supposed to be excited about here yet? A multiplayer-wise, I'm not that I'm not excited at all. That's what I'm really, trying to say. I don't really care about competitive multiplayer in Gears of War, though. I like the dodgeball idea, but like again, like like when I hear that, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I hope a game that I play more t- steals that yeah. idea. But then, like you know, there's there's not a lot of games where that would you know that wouldn't work in like Battlefront because like you know there's too many players. Right. You know, yeah. this is this is the game for that. Um, so like I'm more of a horde mode person. Yeah, I'm hopefully more of a, they bring back the horde mode because yeah. the horde mode in Gears of War three was amazing. Oh, it was great. It was like yeah. the best horde mode I've ever played. I only played the competitive Gears three uh, for a couple of days, but I played horde mode for weeks. It was amazing. Yeah. And uh, Judgment, it sucked. But I didn't finish that one. <laughs> no, I'm saying the horde mode in Judgment sucked. Uh, I don't think I even played the horde. Yeah. I didn't know anyone who was playing it, so I couldn't play it with anybody. Yeah. So it wasn't good. Horde mode solo is ridiculous. Like, there's no reason. Oh, to yeah. Play. I mean, it's just like playing zombies in Call of Duty. Like, you might as well just stick a knife in your eye socket. Like, <laughs> it's probably more fun. So, yeah, I would say multiplayer. I'm pretty concerned about this. Again, you know, I'm not... After the, I played the first Gears a lot online, mm-hmm. a lot. It was that game where like everyone at GT left work, and then we'd all get home, we'd eat something real quick, and we'd all jump online and we'd play for you know five, six hours sometimes, and that lasted for like months and months. But like the second one came out, I probably played it for two weeks. Gears of War three, I played online for like a week. Judgment, I played online for like two days. Like uh-huh. it's just slowly well, dissipated. Yeah. And well, I mean, I remember playing because the first. Three Gears of Wars I played with Kevin Pereira co-op. Like that, we, that was our deal. It was like, oh, we're, we're Gears buddies. We do yeah. Gears. And the first game we played, uh, and we finished it, and we instantly went back to the title screen and started again on hard. Yeah. And then Gears 2 we played, and we're like... One no, time's that's, good. That's, that's enough. <laughs> and then we never finished Gears 3 yeah. in co-op campaign. It was just like, at a certain point, it was just like, I, re- you know, I enjoy the stop-and-pop shooter gameplay, but there's a point at which you're like, I've done this. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, and I, I, I don't see anything. Not to, I don't want to disparage it without playing it, but like, I don't see anything here that makes me want to grab that controller. Well, I'm really, not trying, yet. I'm really trying to hang my hat on the campaign here. Yeah, I mean, they're same. saying it's going to have a, a great horror bent to it. It's going to be serious. Um, yeah, they can change up the campaign beyond the usual kind of like you know, 
rar rar war boys thing. Yeah, like it's you know, <laughs> and I you know I, look, uh, I love you, Marcus, but I don't want to look for your father anymore. Yeah, and I hope this isn't about your son looking for you because I don't care about whether the Phoenix family generations reunite at any point. I th- I think the coalition thinks that you do. <laughs> Well, I would, I would not be surprised. In fact, there's a trailer that just came out this week. In yeah, fact, the yeah. first trailer ever released for Gears Four. Wow! They never put out a trailer. Never for thought this about. Game. I didn't think about that. Uh, yeah, first, yep. first time. Which leads me to believe, and actually, we'll see it a little later. It is our trailer of the week this week. Mm. Um, that would lead me to believe that yes, you are <laughs> on the right track there with the plot in this game. But we'll see. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I would say. You know, we'll do our hype level up or down. My hype level is down after this. Um, my hype level is about the same, but like because you didn't count on playing it anyway. Really, yeah, I wasn't really <laughs> wasn't really on my radar to begin with. I mean, that could change because uh, it's a, it's the weird thing. It's like you know, I wasn't really you know, I didn't wasn't really on my radar. The ultimate edition wasn't on my radar either, and I put it in. And like you know, you get a code, you play, you put it. Fuck, you know, why not? You know, yeah. I put it in, and I was like. I played for a while. I'm like, you know, I, I do like this. You know, I really do like Gears of War. I like the way it feels. It's, a, it's, it's different. Like the way it looks. It's a yeah. different thing. But like, you know, I, I got through like half that game, the remaster, and I was I was happy. Yeah. And I don't know if I want to play another eight to nine hours of the thing. You know. But again, I think I think maybe I'm living or dying on the horde mode on this one. Probably. If the horde mode has a lot of cool ideas in it, I'm in. I think I'll probably. Never really announced anything about That's my that favorite yet. mode in Gears by far. Because here's my contention, is that shooters are really changing right now. Like That's true. Like, yeah. there was a period where Call of Duty stayed the same, um, a good four years straight, mm-hmm. where it was pretty much, you know, kind of like this, just little tweaks here and there to the formula um, that people who are hardcore fans could really see a difference with it, but people who played it casually really couldn't see it. Um, but now, I mean, even with Call of Duty, we're starting to see the crazy traversal mechanics mm-hmm. and the game getting kind of flipped upside down. Now maybe going to space. Yeah, maybe going to space. I mean, we're talking about another shooter here in a bit that really turns things kind of upside down. And here we have Gears 4, which is just kind of more of the same. And again, to your point, you're right. You know, it is different all on its own. There aren't really any other games out there that Mm -hmm. play like it. But we've played a lot of it already. And so... I I just think it's weird. I mean, when was Judgment? That was like 2012, 2013? Yeah, 2012, I think. Yeah. That's a long time ago, and I still don't feel like the need to really return... You know, like yeah. it's weird because there's nothing here to get you excited. Yeah, yet. I guess not. I mean, maybe the campaign will do that. Maybe the demo we see at E3 for the campaign. Well, will I, if that. I mean, like, look, if they have like a, if they have an idea for horde mode that's as interesting as dodgeball, not saying it is dodgeball, but I'm right. like, like an equivalent idea. It's like, hey, we thought of this and we think it really makes horde mode like amazing and different and better. Like that might be enough to pull me in because I do love a good horde mode. I'm gonna play it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I mean, mean we're, we're, we have to play yeah. it. We're gonna have to talk <laughs> about it, but it's like. That doesn't mean I'm telling everybody else they should go play. Right, like, exactly. Well, we're all going to find out for ourselves mm-hmm. in the very near future. Open beta, I know I'm, I'm in it already. Um, I think it kicks off this weekend? This weekend or next? I think it's this weekend. Yeah. There's so many betas. There's a lot of betas. I can't it's even keep track, keep track of all of them is Doom, is Doom this weekend? Doom is this weekend. All I think right. Doom starts tomorrow. Wow. And Battleborn's all weekend long, Battleborn's too. already happening, yeah. It's happening already, but it also stays up all weekend long, mm. so... So, yeah, I mean, we'll definitely be talking about this again, I'm guessing, around E3. Probably. Uh, we'll probably be talking about Gears again once we see that next demo. Uh, but what I've seen of the multiplayer so far does not inspire 
a lot of confidence in me that it's going to be something new, fresh, mm. and unique. So, Solid, but not motivating. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls. I have not played it. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. I've, I've My convenient excuse is that I'm playing a kitty game, Star Fox Zero. Too busy. Yeah, too busy. I've been playing a bunch of other stuff, too, but uh, most of my time has been eating up with Star mm. Fox. Matt, you have been playing this. So. I've been playing it. Not as much as I'd like. And why um, is that? Because I'm busy. Oh, you're busy. <laughs> yeah. It's not because you're not enjoying it. Um, I admit I'm not making as much time for it as I thought I would be. Because um, yeah. uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bored with it. I'm, I'm like three, I'm three bosses in, so I'm not that far. But like, there's a real feeling of like, done it to this game. Uh, especially after Bloodborne. Bloodborne changed the formula up just enough to like really like hook me again. And like now, isn't this supposed to be the middle ground between Bloodborne? Yeah, and the it, I mean, Soul it is games? faster, but it's I mean, still very much Dark Souls. Uh, I'm playing kind of two characters parallel right now. I'm playing like a knight because, um, and then I'm also playing a sorcerer. I was a sorcerer in Dark Souls in Dark Souls Two. Um, I do like what they've done with the magic system a lot. Um, whereas, like you know, previously the the um, spells had like a certain number of uses, and now it's more of a standard magic bar. Um, but you have this thing where, like, you know, you have the Estus flasks, which... Um, the health flasks. Re- you know, refill your health. But you've also got flasks that refill your mana. Your, your, your you know, spirit, or I don't know what they call it. <laughs> um, but, you, but at the blacksmith, you can actually change the ratio of health flasks to mana flasks. Interesting. So, like, if you want to, like, have... So, I, right now, I've got five Estus flasks, and I've got it set for my sorcerer. It has, like, three... Three of them are mana, and two of them are health. And then my knight has all of them are health. Right. Makes sense. Um, so, like, okay. you can really mess with that some more. And it makes magic a much more viable... You know, you always have, like, a, yeah, like an item you can, like, restore some uses of spells. But this makes it so, you know, a magic-focused class is a much more viable choice. Uh, and I like that. I'm a, I'm a magic user. Although... Is I that to, what you're... Is that your... Well, you said you had two. So you I have two. one magic user and a knight. I have a sorcerer and a knight. I have to admit I'm enjoying the knight a little more this yeah. time. I'm, I, uh, I think, it, you know, you're more down and dirty. You're more in the face. You're more, you have to learn how the how the countering and how the shield works and, and sort of you have to know the pattern better whereas with the sorcerer you can just sort of like you know Spam. toss soul bolts out there until somebody falls over um, but like you know and it's beautiful it's, you know, I'm playing on PC uh, I've got it maxed out 4K you know 1440 um, uh, no, you know no technical problems no glitches no crashes you know people are having a lot I saw other people having some crashes and stuff with the first bonfire and well the fr- like yeah I saw that you didn't have that issue at all no not at all uh, and first first people are like oh well if you play a knight like it covers the hair and that doesn't happen I'm like oh I was a knight the first time so yeah. then I played the sorcerer and this still didn't, I haven't had no technical problems um, console versions frame rate all over the place yeah cra- which is actually one main reason I went uh, PC because you know because you no well, you went PC because your rig is beastly that and also I also <laughs> you found should go PC every chance you get sometimes but I do have a bigger TV than my monitor right, but, right. Uh, it's not a 4K TV but I, yeah. I like to sit on the couch uh, but the frame rate in like some of the early reports and like the digital foundry stuff was just, it was just not okay especially yeah. when I had the PC sitting yeah. right there and I found a, uh, a it was a German site that was selling uh, the the deluxe edition for like 66 bucks oh wow um, so it was I got the season pass basically for the price of the regular the game, game yeah um, so I was like all right done so so I'm playing that on that and it's, it's great you know looks amazing um, 
you know, a, to, within a, to a degree. I mean, you've still kind of got the whole, like, you know, from software can't figure out how to put a head in a hood properly yeah, kind yeah. of thing. It's like the, head, like the hair's clipping through the fucking... I'm like, really, guys? Like, at this you point... You still haven't figured that out. Can you not, like... Yeah, like, that was, like... I, I admit, that was, like, you know, I didn't like Arkham Knight very much, but that was one of my, like, big requests for Arkham Knight. It's like, can you make it so the spikes on the arms don't clip through the cape anymore? Yeah, like, yeah. can you just make the cape not, like poke through things yeah. anymore and they did they, I mean, did, they nailed yeah. they nailed the cape so thank you this generation for giving us capes that right, but like you know but from software capes. from software is not quite there yet on some of those those ideas uh, and everyone you create still looks ugly i mean I, I couldn't make i can't make anyone that looks doesn't look like some kind of like horrible mutant basically and then, yeah. i'm sure if i spent hours on character creator but um, you know, I, I do like that. Like the first boss you run into is basically like you know, there's not a lot of setup, there's not a lot of tutorial, you know, just like you know, always. But like, but it's like well, it's like right out of the gate, right? And you pull you pull a sword out of a thing, and this thing stands up, and it's just like, oh, have you played these games before? Let's see what you remember, motherfucker. Yeah. And, I, and, it's, and it's great. I mean, it's a great fight. Yeah. Um, I got killed once, and I came back. And I'm like, all right, that, now I remember how to do this. And then halfway through the fight, there's a big surprise with how what happens there, and you're like, oh, what, 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 what? you know, it really throws you into that whole thing. It's like. Dark Souls is very much about, like, you know, you think you're walking in this one situation, and then it turns out you have to deal with a whole different version of that situation. That's worse than you yeah, anticipated. And, <laughs> yeah, and now you're like, I hope you didn't use all your all your Estus flasks already, because here yeah. we go, you know. Yeah. And uh, so that was really fun. You know, so there's, like, moments of greatness, and, like, between them every once in a while, I'm just like, you know, kind of the, the traversals between where I'm killing, like, you know, the 15th, like, skeletal zombie thing. I'm just like, yeah. boy, I hope you have more ideas, you know, <laughs> down the road here, because... Now, they did add something to the combat, right? There's kind of, like, flourish moves with Yeah, weapons. there's, like, special move stuff, which I haven't really figured out fully yet. I mean, you hold the button, basically, and you get different versions of things, and it, like, varies per um, weapon, like, weapon types and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, doesn't seem to be a big thing with the sorcerer. It doesn't seem to be a big thing with everyone. Most of the reviews I read for the game, people were like, I never used it. Yeah, I wouldn't know it was there, really, if it wasn't for people talking about it yeah. online. And I've tried a little bit, but here's the thing. After this many Souls games, like, I am so ingrained in how I fight that, like, it's really hard to remember I have a different tool now. Right, You know, right. like, I was like, well, I could try that new thing I can do. But I know if I just stick to how I'm doing it now, I'll get there. Right. So right. like maybe I'll just play. You know, the Souls games are all about the risk reward, and like you're so tempted. Well, to you play, play that safe with yourself too all the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. And like you know, it's so it's like I'm not saying it's bad. I don't I don't think they let anyone down with it really. But I just it it it's really starting to feel it's like like we've done this. Well, like, this is they're saying the last one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't really <laughs> believe that either. I mean, they're gonna make another one that's. You know, another thing is called something else that's similar, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, this is their niche, you know. I'm sure there'll be a Bloodborne 2 or whatever, yeah. and, which I'm looking forward to as I'm, well. I'm guessing we might see Bloodborne 2, a trailer at E3, to be honest with you. I'll take that, you know. It's like, you know, and of course part of the thing is, like, I'm trying to play it enough to be able to talk about it, and, like, rushing Dark Souls is just... The like, you're, recipe you're just gonna, for disaster. recipe for misery. <laughs> I guess it's not, you know... I was like, oh, I gotta get further... I wanna get further into... And, uh, you know, and everyone in the game is just like, nope! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you want to rush? Nope, here's 14 dogs that are gonna kill you. And, and you know, it's... But it's like those little things where I'm like, you know, it's like a familiar frustration, I yeah, guess. Yeah. And there's sometimes that is like a really pleasant thing. And sometimes it's like, yes, I realize this door does not open from this side. Yeah. I know I'm going to get to the other side in like an hour. I just wish I was there already. You know, yeah. it's, like, it's, it's. And I have this huge sword that I could easily pry the door open <laughs> right, with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I, I, if I, you know. 
I can destroy chairs and tables by rolling through them, but the one wooden door, yeah, you're forget not going to... Yeah. No way. Like, <laughs> don't even try kicking it. Oh, you can kick now. You, know, you can you give a kick where you can get like, guys away from you faster. Oh. Um, which I keep... For, also do you keep, use it? No, I can also keep forgetting <laughs> I have that. But you can do that. Like, there's... There's, there's new little things in there. Now, what about the overall pace of combat? Does um, it change anything very drastically? I wouldn't say drastically. Also, keep in mind, I barely played as a melee character in 2. Okay. So, I don't... That comparison isn't... I'm, I don't know if I'm totally qualified to make that comparison, but it does feel kind of like halfway between Dark Souls 2 and Bloodborne. Like, you know, like it, you know especially, like, you know, enemies do not give you a break. You know, they never did, but now, yeah. like, they'll come at you. Like, like those spear guys will just be like, oh, we're going to do that. And, like, and they've got a couple of follow-ups they can use, and they don't always use. That's yeah. the thing. You know, like, you know, a lot of spear guys with shields, and, like, they'll do a thing where, like, you know, usually in the other games, you know, they did their attacks. Yeah. And at the end of their attack, you hit. But now they can do it once. They can do two. They can add a third one sometimes. And, like, sometimes you're waiting for them to kind of finish. And, like, oh, they're finished early, but now they're behind the shield again. You know, it's like... It, it's, there are some of that in Bloodborne, too. Yeah. Yeah, but Bloodborne, like was easier to find a way around it, yeah. I think. And in this one, like, you know, I've had some pretty massive conflicts, like, in places that were very uncomfortable to be. Uh, yeah. Like, you can't just, like, run by this guy because he'll get you in the back as soon as you have to stop for the next thing. But you have to kind of deal with this and somebody's shooting an arrow at you. There's a dragon on the roof and he might breathe fire <laughs> at any moment. You know, you know but that's yeah. kind of, you know, again, that's, like, the appeal and the frustration of Dark Souls. Um I don't think it's going to change your mind. Yeah, I didn't think it would. Yeah, I do think you should play it and yeah. come back and tell us all about it. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, Schadenfreude right there, yeah. <laughs> reveling but, in the misery of others. But it's like I don't. It's not going to offer a whole lot new to a veteran, but it is going to offer what a veteran likes. Yeah, I don't think they completely biffed it. You know, and and you know, I'm, opinions will vary. You know, there's people that hate Dark Souls too. There's people that think Dark Souls 2 is fine. There's people that think Dark Souls 2 is better than Dark Souls 1. Uh, the, you know, and, and I'm sure there'll be people, you know, I'm sure that there'll be different people with those ratios on this one. I really can't guess what, I haven't like looked online really for what people's impressions are. I didn't want to like What about the challenge myself. level? Because IGN said it's the hardest one ever. I think it's there. Yeah. For sure. And especially early on. I mean, you know, the first area. Well, they throw you into a boss fight right away. Oh yeah, well they throw you into a boss fight, but then like, the first area you go to like, I mean, you run. You know, if you go up the wrong side of the Firelink Shrine right at the beginning, like you run into this like quick draw samurai zombie guy that's like he'll kill you in two hits. One shot, and, you know, yeah. and, like, and, and the worst thing is like there's you know the new system is like when you beat a boss. You know, it used to be like you would be unhollowed. You would be you know right. you'd be alive again or whatever, and you would um, you'd have extra life or whatever. Now it's uh, you know it's embers, so like you kind of have this fire effect, and like you have like double the life bar and stuff. And then if you get killed. You you lose that the yeah, extra life, so like it makes everything much harder, and you'd have right. to like, re-ember to do that, and that's a finite number. You know, it's, it, it, you know, managing resources once again. Um, so like, if, so there's that again, that whole thing where I'm like, oh, I bet I could take that guy, but if you if you screw up, if you if you you know don't manage your stamina right, he kills you, and you've lost half your health. Now you got to deal with that whole next section without the, or you can burn an ember, and like, you know, it, it's well, it's just like the it's just like using the bonfires, like. Right. You use one, that's great and all, but all the enemies respawn. Right. <laughs> Which is good. You know, I think I do think they got rid of the Dark Souls 2 thing where the enemies stop respawning. Or if, yeah. they, if they haven't, it takes a lot longer now because I haven't had that happen and I've been through certain sections a lot. Well, I know our game eval, the, the Matt Cabral who wrote our game eval said that it is that way. Like, they respawn if you use the bonfire. So. Okay. 
Yeah, because in Dark Souls 2, if you did it, I think it was like 10 or 12 times, yeah. they'd stop respawning. Right, yeah. And I think they got rid of that because I don't think anybody really liked that. That was kind of anathema to the to the philosophy of Dark Souls. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's like every single enemy can kill you, just like the other ones. And they're, uh, you know, there's, they put you in some really difficult situations very early on, I would say. Uh, so in terms of, you know, just this far, uh, you know, out in the early part of the game, I would say it is harder... Because there's a couple places I think I would not have known what to how to handle it if I wasn't already seasoned in right. how to kind of get around that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there's a couple places where I'm sh- even I was like, how the hell you want me to do that? Oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah. You know, but it was all from experience with the other games and not like you know a eureka moment inside Dark Souls Three itself. So yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there. I would say probably is for you know you know I would say is for someone who's already played these games and knows what they're doing. Um, which again probably you know puts a stake in the heart of the idea of that whole easy mode yeah. idea, where it's just like I don't see how. Well, there's been editorials all week from the Dark Souls, like the, the Dark Souls guy, and at every publication this week has written an editorial saying how an easier difficulty mode would not work. Basically, I just don't think you'd get the same experience. Like it's like you wouldn't have played Dark Souls. It's a weird kind of thing to say, but it's like. The irritation and the frustration and the conquest of the thing that was frustrating you is so much a part of how this game works that, like, an easy mode where you can just sort of, like, walk through it all with minimal trouble is, like, you haven't played the same game I did. And I don't mean that... Do you think that's wrong, though? Well, I don't know if it's wrong. I just mean... I I can understand... I don't think that's that's okay. Like, different people taking different things away from the same game... I think it's mm-hmm. okay. Right, but I just I can understand why the developers would not want to make that version of their game. Like it's just you know it, it would be a it'd be a different thing they're presenting, and if that's not what they want to present to the people who play their game, then you're not going to get it. Yeah, like, you know? it depends- I don't I mean I don't care. I mean if so, if that was in the game, I wouldn't like feel like my experience was you know detracted from or anything. I don't I don't I wouldn't be like, oh all the all the losers are playing easy mode and I'm the you know, I'm the Dark Souls elite guy. Like I wouldn't care. I just feel like it would be hard to kind of compare notes with someone who played that mode because it would have been so different because it's like, you know, but Dark Souls players kind of like swap back and forth. It's like, oh that one boss where I had to like do this and fight my way through this and figure this out. Whereas like, you know, someone who played in easy mode, like, oh yeah, I like went behind him and hit him a couple times and you're like, well that's just a different experience. Well, I think and a lot of it depends. While that's not a wrong experience, I can understand why From doesn't want to make that part of the experience they, they're presenting. I think right. a lot of it depends on what the goal of the developer is. Right. Is the goal of the developer to serve the fans in, in a certain audience, or is it to have as many people enjoy the game as possible? Is it to just make money? You know, mm-hmm. every developer is different, like what their goals are when they set out to make a game. And so, yeah, I mean, we can't read From's mind mm-hmm. and say... But it seems like they've sort of figured out how many people are into their game, yeah. and they're good with that. Yeah. It's like the old Star Trek movies, where they kind of figured out, like, yeah. this is how much money a Star Trek movie makes, so here's your budget, make the Star Trek movie. And it's like, and we'll that's, make that's what you got. X profit. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, as long as they kind of keep in that realm and don't... Make the Grand Theft Auto of, of Dark Souls, <laughs> you know, like it'll make a hundred and fifty million dollar Dark Souls game. Yeah, not that I wouldn't buy it. Yeah, but um, you know, I, th- I think they've kind of found their their place, 
and they can keep going as they want. You know, if, if you want an easy kind of you know cakewalk game, almost every other AAA game in the world is there for you. But there's no, there isn't one like that though. No, you're like right. this. You're like right. there isn't one with this visual style, this setting, this type of storytelling. That's why I get a little envious because mm. it's like I've said before. Like I love everything about this and Bloodborne. Like you mm. know, it, it's you right can, in my wheelhouse. You can do it. I, I know I can do, you it. can do it. I know I can do it. I know I can make it through the game. That's not a question. I just don't have the patience or the time to do it anymore. I just don't. Like, mm. I'd just be sitting there the whole time. Every time I kept dying over and over, being like, uh, I could be working <clears throat> on bl- well, I've already, I've blah, already blah, been... blah, 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 blah right now. Instead I'm, of... I'm ca- trying to come up with ways to force you to, to, get to do it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, com- I mean, I'm thinking... I'm thinking I should get to make a demand if I, if, if I win the fantasy draft this oh, year. Oh, interesting. So my, my demand will be that if I win the fantasy draft, we're going to come in on like a Saturday and you're going to spend 12 hours playing Dark Souls 3 with me. Oh, man. And you're going to you're gonna either, it's going to break you or you're going to break it. It might break me. <laughs> it might. That's tough. But then I get to do something with, I need to give you a demand too then. Yeah. I don't know what I'll, that would I'll be. I'll think of one. I'll come up with it next week. You can play a whole season of Madden. Yeah. <laughs> Franchise <laughs> mode. I don't know how what the drinks in the stadium should be. I don't know what this is. These hot dogs are too damn expensive. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure something out. I would be open to that. It's, yeah. it's not that I don't want to play it. It's like I almost need it. That idea is purely for the people who would watch. I mean, I think that would be entertaining, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. Shane versus Dark Souls, Shane I think. Shane versus Dark Souls, yeah. We'd have to have, like, a, a cachet of extra controllers set up on the side. Oh, now people are talking about setting up a Patreon. Oh, we, we, want, to do some, <laughs> we want to do some Sifted Elite donations to make him play Dark Souls? Yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Oh, yeah. You know what, though? If somebody did that... A separate, a separate, like, donation bin for, like, the Dark Souls fund? You know, I would give, like, half of it to charity or something. Yeah. Yeah. I would be down, totally down with that. But, yeah. <laughs> you guys will get your money's worth, I promise, because... Oh, he gets mad. I do get mad he gets real playing mad. games sometimes. <laughs> I never used to. I get more mad now because I think my time is like so finite. Like, mm-hmm. I literally look at my day and I'm like, I have ten minutes to do this. I have ten minutes to do that. Like today, I was getting ready for the show, and like one of the B-roll clips was rendering, and I shaved. <laughs> and, then, like, <laughs> and then another B-roll clip was rendering, and I took a shower. Like yep. that's literally like how my time is. Like to get everything done. Yeah, like, I've just been sitting there playing Dark Souls. Although, <laughs> Thanks, man. The first you, the you first really day good. was uh, I, at some point. I think it was one of the first times I lost all my souls, uh-huh. and I went and I went. Oh fuck you! Yeah. And someone from the hallway goes, "Fuck you too." <laughs> <laughs> Just passing by my door and heard me. <laughs> oh, I yeah, I flipped off the TV screen last night playing Star Fox Zero like five or six times. <laughs> and that's exactly what I say. I say the same exact thing, but I literally I flip off the TV screen as if anyone my knows or are, the game knows. My go-to's are "fuck you," uh, "really," and um, and uh huh. Yeah, I, uh-huh. I I do that. You've got to be kidding me. That's you, the one I use all the time. And do you do you ever have the moment where like you run out of swear words and yeah. you try to you try to combine them in a different way to make something satisfying and it doesn't work and you just say like 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 you instead like you're, you're like oh you you dumb wit what like yeah, I, I didn't even get a, i didn't get any obscenity in that that wasn't, that wasn't good oh yeah. i'll go on like full-on tirades we're all like like be talking to the developers like oh my god <laughs> when i played call of duty 2 on veteran 
in that last run down the hallway yeah, to get yeah. to the control room. Yeah. Like, I was personally insulting the people I knew at Infinity yeah, War. I'm like, who? <laughs> who did this? Who did? I'm going to find you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say stuff like, Miyamoto didn't look at this. Just dumb crap. Like. And to be fair, I brought that up to, uh, to Vince once, uh, the next time I saw him. And he's like, why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> I won't play that shit. <laughs> Veteran, are you kidding? <laughs> That's great. All right, I guess we got to move on. We could probably sit here and talk about our how we react to difficult games all day, but uh, yeah. it's time to move on. We're going to talk about Titanfall 2. Speaking you of know, Vince. Vince. First teaser came and out. Teaser very is short... about the kindest thing you can say about yeah. it because it's. Sam's going to get real sick of running this thing over yeah, and over again. Over and over. Because <laughs> it lasts about 20 seconds. But it does have two important things in it, I would say. First, a first, a very, uh, a very strong hint at a narrative. Yeah. Uh, and the robot has a sword. Yep. That's the most important <laughs> yeah. part. Robot with sword. Kashunk. Yeah. So that's it, Sam. We're going to have to rerun yeah, it again. Over and <laughs> play it again, Sam. Uh, so there's actually a, a bunch of little hidden stuff in here. So that capsule has a name on it. Mm-hmm. And the name is a character from the first Titanfall who died, at least you think, dies in the first Titanfall. So that's kind of a hint that this might be a prequel. Mm. Um, on his on the sword, there's like a serial number. And this, in the serial number, there's like PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and then like what looks like a date. Hmm. And so people are saying maybe the date is like his proposed release date or something like that. Um, they're saying that that mech is a cross between two of the mechs from the first Titanfall. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else? There's maybe one other little nugget in there. Can't remember. A creature. Creature. It just walks across a the top monitor there. Monitor lizard thing. So, Do you think somewhere there's like a botanist who like watches this and it's like, those plants would never grow yeah. together? <laughs> That's way too arid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But uh, it's good to see in the age where campaigns are just going away, mm. it's good to see a reverse of the sequel yeah. to a game that didn't have a campaign now having the campaign. The other thing I like about this, too, is that it does kind of show that in the first Titanfall, even though it didn't really have much of a story, it did kind of set up a lot of the lore Mm -hmm. so that the story for the sequel could be something worth experiencing and something with a little bit of depth to it, at least. It is interesting. Like, even if you didn't have the title on this, like, you'd know what this was. Yeah, for sure. They did come up with a lot of iconic stuff. Mostly because I know a Gundam game would never look that good. Right. And Front Mission has been gone for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> that's mainly why. Like, the production values are way too high for a Gundam game, and that's pretty much <laughs> the only robot games that come out. Unless it was a Transformers game based on a movie. Again, it looks too good. Yeah, it does. yeah you're right. Like, the only good-looking Transformers games these days are going to be, like, the cel-shaded platinum things. Yeah. But uh, this got me pretty excited. Yeah. And, you know, it, there is a little bit of built-in excitement because we do know people that are working on the game. And one person we know really well who's working on it. Yeah. Well, also because I trust these guys yeah. to do the right thing with this game. Yeah. And, and you kind of wonder if, like, you know, again, there had to be tons of ideas for the first game didn't make it in because they were working on new hardware and they were working With on the launch game. Launch and... game and all that stuff. So now you got to wonder, it's like, so is this, like, kind of where they take all that stuff they couldn't, fit in there before and they're like okay now we're making 
the game. Well, they've you know, also had three years. Three years to, to work on it. It's And I'm sure there was already pre-pro going on before oh, yeah. the first Titanfall came out. Or like you said, stuff that they just cut out. Like, they may have had, like, a campaign part of the way done. And I just were probably, like, yeah. We can't get this done in time. Well, like, look, at, look, I mean, let's look at the stuff happening in the background of those maps. Like, there's, yeah. there's a lot more work there than needed to be there for just a plain old map. You know, clearly... There were people thinking about wor- the worlds and the lore and the situations they were in and, and these planets and what they did and what they stood for in the wars and all that. You know, there's a lot of work there in, in, on the world building that was never really appreciated because there was no reason to, really. I mean, it was, it was all multiplayer game. And I wonder, too, if that character, if when they put him in the original one, if they really had the idea of, like, okay, he's going to be, like, the main character or, or a focal mm. point in the sequel or if they're just, like... We only really gave like five people names in this game. We gotta <laughs> choose one. <laughs> Just pick one and go. But it's weird to like say that this is might be a prequel because it, there really wasn't much of a story in the first yeah. to kind of. And also, like, why would you take giant electrical swords away from mechs? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. Like, like, why would you stop doing That's that? That's a good point. That maybe points to the fact that it isn't a prequel, mm. and maybe the guy just does isn't dead, as it was kind of intimated in the, yeah. in the first game. Or, who, you know, who knows? Maybe that maybe that's a third faction. That could be. You know, maybe they have a totally different theory of mech combat. Well, it's, look, it's not an... They watched Avatar long ago and decided that the scene where the, the mech pulls a dagger out was the coolest thing they'd ever seen. Two, three, four, and five coming in seven years. I believe that Avatar. when I see a single frame of film <laughs> yeah, shot. Exactly. Really? Yeah. Come on, guys. But, uh... Talking about, like, hype up, hype down. Hype up for me on this one. Yeah, hype up. I'm excited. Uh, you can see the production values are already there. And I'm excited. I, mean, I really didn't think this game was going to come this soon. Yeah. You know, I, I, I figured we'd see it this year, but I thought we'd be getting it next year. Yeah, and it sounds like It sounds like we're getting it this year. The flip-flop of Mass Effect. That's what I really thought. Like, I thought we'd get Mass Effect in Q4, we'd yeah. get this Q1 2017, but nope. That's not how it's working. Apparently not. But, uh... Reveal coming June 12th. Is that right? Sounds right. Is that E3 week? Yeah. That's So here's the Microsoft, thing. Microsoft, right? So, no, it's no? not. It is e- EA's thing. press conference okay. is now happening on Sunday. Sunday. And so isn't uh, is With Ubis- Bethesda. Bethesda, yeah. Ubisoft, still Ubisoft the same is sticking day. With, sticking with Monday. Sticking with Monday, but it's earlier than it usually is. Mm-hmm. So they basically <laughs> no one else that jumped morning. up. Well, they jumped up and took yeah. EA spot basically once EA bailed on the Monday. So now on Sunday, like Sunday is the new first day of E3 Sunday, now. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, you got Bethesda and EA both on Sunday now. Yeah, it used to be Sunday was the day. Sunday was travel day. Sunday wal- was waltz on down. Get your get your badge, registration badge. Drive, o- drive over the cat and fiddle for B four. Go eat wings and hooters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not I don't now. Think I ever did that. I didn't either. I'm just joking. Because <laughs> the Hooters is right there across the street. But uh, now it's like full on like press conference work day. Yeah. It's different. So everybody's working through the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I mean, we obviously we don't have much more on Titanfall two, but we did want to talk about it. It's a huge game, and they did put out the first little bit of footage about it, so we did want to talk about it at least briefly. Uh, but I feel like we probably exhausted that topic at this point with what we've got to go on. So. Mm. Uh, let's move on. It wouldn't be an episode of Game Face. Without a little bit of Nintendo. Well, we already talked Star Fox Zero, but a little bit of NX. Yeah. A little it's, bit of the future. Yeah, a little bit of the future. So, more rumors coming out about NX. Um, 
the controller stuff's dead and gone finally. Yeah. But there's all kinds of other stuff. Somehow Emily Rogers has just turned into like the source for Nintendo. Yeah, well, she's been all right, the money. On, right on a ton of things for a couple of years now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. She has some kind of a mole. I bet you Nintendo is doing its best to try to figure out exactly who that person is at this point because she posted. First of all, she broke the news about Paper Mario Color Splash for mm. Wii U. She knew about that beforehand. And now she's been kind of putting out other rumors. But after that Paper Mario thing, she actually left social media for a while. And mm. her account, like, went dormant. And she typically was posting, like, every day. And so they people were, were close. People were kind of wondering, like, you know, did Nintendo come at her and be like, yo, what's going on? Like, where are you getting this information from? And she got maybe a little camera shy or whatever. But she's back. I got it from Yoshi, suckers. Go ask him. Yeah. And so this week there was like three different rounds of NX rumors. And we're just going to kind of go through all of them and talk about them. The first one we're going to talk about just came out in the last day. Wii U remasters being worked on for the NX. Matt, how do you feel about that? I feel like that means it's not backwards compatible. Yeah. Which is a little disturbing. Yeah. I mean, that's clearly what it points to. Right. Do you, like, what does that mean? Like, like is, is it not backwards compatible to anything, or just the Wii U? Well, is so it here's it the other thing. It doesn't have a second screen? Like, what's going on? Well, the other thing is that, well, that's the thing. So one of the other rumors is that it does support second screen experiences. Will I be able to, like, is it going to, like, want me to take my gamepad, my Wii U gamepad, and sync it with the new system? Like it, they did with the, Wii, with the Wii controllers and the Wii U? Like, that's possible, but I think that's highly unlikely. I would think. Because so few then, people bought the Wii U. But, on, but also on top of that, like, also on top of that, like, you know, what's the one thing a lot of people do? You know, I don't do it, but what about what, what all people do when it's time to buy a new system? You trade the last one in. Yeah. You can't trade the Wii U in without the gamepad. No, you're absolutely right. So if they expect you to carry that over, that could be a weird situation. I mean, also that gamepad needs, like, redone anyway. Well, yeah. Like, that thing, now I look at it, it's so clunky it's and very weird. Rest, like, it just looks like a product that was, like, never fully developed. And look, there were many prototypes. I don't know if you saw some of the really early like Wii U gamepad like prototypes, but they were crude. Yeah. But this thing still looks kind of crude. It's like the first 3D or the first uh, DS. Like, remember that? Yeah. Very thick and weird, and the D-pad looked terrible. Yeah, it just didn't look like a, p- a finished piece of hardware. And then they put out the next iteration, and it looked great. And maybe they planned on doing that with this one, but it's just <laughs> failed so miserably. They're like, scrap that. Like, yeah. no need to redesign this thing. So I highly doubt that, like, the gamepad carries over. Now, I could much more see that people could just use their iPad or whatever tablet they have is something. Maybe it syncs via Bluetooth. Mm. I don't know. I could see that, maybe. Yeah. The other question is, like, is it even worth putting backwards compatibility in the thing, considering how few of them are out there in the first place? How few people have, few people have the game sitting yeah. around. Yeah. I mean, Mario Kart sold really well. Yep. New Super Mario <laughs> Brothers U sold yeah, really well. well. I mean, um, most other games... Smash Brothers it sold, sold well. well. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Other than, like, like Splatoon, which sold like yeah. a million or whatever. And that, I mean, it, may, it would make sense to, like, you know, you get remasters of Splatoon and Smash Brothers and Mario Kart, and there you go. You know? I just don't... Here's my thing. I just don't want any remasters at all. Like, I want all new games. Like So do I, but at the same time, like, you know... It, those games are going to be new to a lot of people if you're really talking about if, if, you know, if this system theoretically sells to a much wider audience like this is these are people that never played Mario Kart on the Wii U so like to them it's a new game yeah I'm just being selfish I just, oh yeah I'm just saying for myself like 
I don't want any remasters. I think, honestly, like, the remasters are kind of something that hurt the Wii U. Like, you're basically you were making the remasters for the existing fans, the people who already owned a Wii U. Like, it wasn't going to bring new people to the console. It's mm-hmm. like, I could go buy a GameCube for $15 and Wind Waker for $5. Like... I can play this game a lot cheaper if I, I want think, to. I don't think you've looked at GameCube prices recently. Oh, really? Oh, no. Really? Old Nintendo hardware and software does not go down in price. Yeah, not it does. Like I mean, I looked at GameCube prices a year and a half ago, and they were all like going for like 25 or 30 bucks. Yeah, those are the models that don't have the digital out. Yeah, that's true. You but don't... still, you can play Wind Waker without the digital out. Yeah, it's going to look like crap. <laughs> no, actually, that game did not look like crap at standard def. Through composite? Uh-huh. It doesn't look too good. I thought it looked amazing. Try, should, the art style, I thought. Oh, the art style's fine, but I'm saying, like, a composite signal of any kind through, like, the TVs we have now is not going to look well, good. Well, I always had at least S-Video, so maybe that helps a little bit. But anyway, back on back on topic. I just don't think it's a smart strategy to remaster games. I just don't. I think, you know, there's very little hype around remasters. None of it takes away from time being spent on the new games. And it does. It's like, look, if you want to have Capcom or somebody build something, sure. Or, like, clearly Sony is Well, actually, not, not even though. sure, because look what happened with Star Fox Zero with Platinum. Like, mm-hmm. it's not up to the usual quality. Well, what of- they need to do is, like, you know, if you want to do that, you need to go to a, you know, like Sony does with Bluepoint. You know, like, that's what they do. They yeah. just, they do remasters. You know, Sony's not assigning one of their existing teams to that. They got this, you know, external company that just specializes in that. They're like, here's all the assets. Make a PS4 version of. I'm of totally North, fine with that. Yeah. I'm and not. Like, what that's... I'm not fine with is that's not how Nintendo does it. Like it does mm-hmm. these re, these remasters in house internally. Yeah, they get the people that made the game in the first place to come back and do it again. Because Nintendo's never going to trust some other developer right. to make one of these remakes. Star one of Fox games. Zero is probably not going to encourage them to trust. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. Like it's. I just feel like any remaster Nintendo makes is one less new original game that I'm not going to get to play. And mm-hmm. I just I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of remasters, period. But you know, I play a lot of games, and well, it'll be okay. You'll get your uh, you'll get your new Super Mario Brothers X <laughs> or whatever at some it'll point be, and your Mario Maker X. And well, your... that's what they're saying. Mario Maker is one of the games that they're saying is mm-hmm. they're talking about remastering. That it's one like, I'm kind of okay with. Though. Is that Splatoon, Smash Brothers, mm-hmm. maybe one other one? Is what they're talking about. I mean, Mario, a, 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 an NX version of Mario Maker makes a lot of sense. Um, I feel like that's going to happen one way or the other. I mean, look, that game works perfect with the gamepad, though. True. But I think there's got to be a second screen something happening. Whether you're tethering a tablet or a phone to it, or, you're, or it's part of the controller it comes with, or it's, you know, it includes the new whatever successor to the 3DS in it, yeah, as part of the system, part of the controller, like one way or the other, you're gonna ha- you're gonna have that same interface. Nintendo's never gonna walk away from touchscreens. Yeah, I think not after that. All right, so let's move on to the next point. More powerful than the PlayStation Four using X86. Believe that when I see it. Really? Yeah, it kind of like, has to be, doesn't it? I would think so, but it's Nintendo. Like they want, you know, I don't know what you know. The price point is gonna be more important than the power point. You know. Like, yeah, theoretically now you could make something that's, you know, substantially more powerful than the PS4 and sell it for $400, but are Nintendo going to want to do that? Are they going to want to sell it for $300? In which case, I don't think you're looking at something as powerful as the PS4. Look, history, you're right. Historically, that's what Nintendo does. It tries to make its hardware as cheap as possible, but... I mean, this is the time to change that. Right, that's what I was about to say. That's been a losing strategy for, like, a long time. Well, not the Wii U for a while. Yeah, for a while. But I think but how, Nintendo has to too. recognize that they're not selling this to the people that made the Wii a hit. Yeah. 
Those people are gone. Those people are on yeah, their yeah. cell phones and those people are tablets. Those people haven't looked dead. at that Wii forever. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, some dead. of them are. <laughs> remember all the nursing home videos for Wii Sports? <laughs> and the show got dark. Yeah. <laughs> A bunch of uh, dusty Wiis no longer yeah. playing Wii Bowling. Oh, I feel bad now. But not really. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's the, the brand new game for Nintendo, Wii Morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Ooh. Okay, so I think it has to be more powerful than Still PlayStation. Still better 4. than Wii Music. It, it will. You're right. <laughs> if it's not more powerful than PS4, I think it's just dead in the water. Because PS, look, Sony's about ready to leave the PlayStation 4 in the dust. Yeah. Like, and if Nintendo hopes to do anything with VR. Which rumors are starting to swirl that they're working on that too. You have to have hardware at least as powerful as PlayStation Four. Yeah, I see. I think like the the importance of the power is that you need you need a system that people can just port third party multi platform destiny just port their games over and make a make an NX version alongside the PS4 and X Bone versions, and it takes no effort. It takes a little bit of extra money, a little bit of effort. Like it's no problem, you know. You need something that's just like easy to make a port for. You can't well, have x86, it... right? But it also has to be the power level. Like you can't be like, oh, well, we have to make like a, a lower standard version of it to kind of you know we have to make sure it scales down to the Nintendo. So, like no one wants to do that anymore, and they're just going to walk away because they're probably not, still not going to sell that many copies on your system. Yeah. You have to make it as painless as possible to get a Wii, uh, an NX version of what you know Assassin's Creed Seven or whatever. And if Nintendo be. is smart right now, it is building. Middleware right now, specifically for that. Yeah. It is working on creating an environment where people can just shove their assets into something and spit out the NX mm. version of that game. Because the most important thing for the NX, I think, and I, I hope Nintendo is, is targeting this, is you have to be able to buy the Nintendo system and not feel you're missing anything. Yeah, you know, you except for like Sony and I Microsoft can't exclusive the last time I can stuff. Say that. <laughs> but like, if you decide, you know, people, you know, these systems, people aren't buying multiples all that much anymore, except for really hardcore people like we are. Yeah. Uh, and even then, I'm just like, why do I have an Xbox One right now? I'm starting to um, wonder. But like, it's you can't expect them to have you know the Nintendo system as the secondary console. They have to be able to buy. You know, it's like say, I like Zelda, I like Mario, I want to play them, and I want to buy this system. And if I do buy the system, it's not going to be like with the Wii and the Wii U, where it's like, well, you bought the Nintendo system, but now you don't get to play Assassin's Creed, and now you don't get to play Mass Effect, and now you don't get to play all these other games that everybody else is playing on the other systems. It has to be, you have to have parity with the multi-platform library. I think, honestly, the last Nintendo console that you could have bought and had that be your only console and not completely freak out was the GameCube. Yeah. And even the later part then, of that's lifespan, yeah. you would start to get envy. I mean, Nintendo Nintendo's consoles have been my second console uh for 20 years now. Yeah. I think I, mean, I really think that super, started really with the super N64. Nintendo was the last yeah. one that could have been your only console and you'd have been mm-hmm. satisfied. And part of that was because, you know, like the Nintendo 64 simply had very different games from the PlayStation 1. You know, they yeah. were not, there was not a lot of crossover there. Yeah. And it was kind of worth having both of them because... Oh, it was totally worth yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you didn't, you didn't get anything like Final Fantasy VIII on Nintendo 64, but you also didn't get anything like Banjo-Kazooie right. on PlayStation 1. They were great compliments to each other. Right. But you know what? I could look at PlayStation 2... PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, maybe original Xbox Borderline, but definitely Xbox 360, 
probably Xbox One. Like, I could survive with just owning mm. one of those. Yeah. That's never been the case with a Nintendo console since the 16-bit era. Mm-hmm. That's a big problem. Yep. And it's been a problem, like you said, for 20 years. Like, that's why I'm saying, like, they need to make it so easy mm. to port games to this thing. And, like... Like, the, like, to the point that you would never even consider not doing it. Right. And Nintendo should have been at GDC, which just passed, like, banging that hammer, man. Like, it, literally, it's so easy. They should have had a demo set up with a developer mm. there, like, showing, like... But it's Nintendo, and they're not really ready to talk about their little system that they're... You know, like, that's the thing, is, like, they're so insular and secretive, and it's like, it might be time to open the borders a little bit, guys. Like, especially if you intend to launch this thing in the fiscal year. I don't think that'll ever happen until they hire new blood at mm-hmm. management positions. Like, as long as they keep hiring from within existing executives to run NOJ, I think it's just going to be like Groundhog Day. You just see it's just the same thing over Because they teach each other to do the same things over yeah. and over. You know, one can argue, you look at the cash they have in the bank, it's hard to argue against that. But they still, I mean, I think you're right. They need, they need an Iwata-style figure that was born in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> they need a water style figure that grew up with Nintendo. Or just and knows from what's not else happening and right. And isn't a part of that corporate culture. Like, yeah. But that's, that's, come on. I mean, it, like, it depends. Look, it all depends where do you get that? on what is the goal. Is the goal to just turn a profit? Or is the goal to make something a smash hit? I would hope it's the latter. I mean, Nintendo has sort of satisfied themselves with turning the profit for a long time. Yeah. And, like... Even the GameCube made money, somehow. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, you're starting to hit the point where, like, Nintendo being king of the hill is very hard to remember now. It is, You yeah. know, that was the 16-bit days. I mean, other and than even the, then, the brief glimpse of the Wii, where it had right. that, like, 18-month window. But where... I think that that company got that taste of that again with the Wii. Yeah. And, they, you know, the Wii U, to me, says they, they weren't ready to admit that that was... You know, Over. a momentary thing. <laughs> Over. And um, it was a you know, and we you know, we got a lot of heat back in the day in the press for saying that, like you know, oh, it's a, you know, the Wii is a fad. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not the you know, the. Well, game, it's just the, funny looking at like these this hardware video for Wii U and just seeing all this stuff that like never nothing never ever happened. came of like hardly any of it. Like it ended up using so little of this functionality. Right. And this is one thing. Where's I'll even remember. the golf game that uses it as a tee? I know. Like, you know I mean, none of this that is happened. one thing I'm going to remember whenever they unveil the NX. It's like, yeah, all this stuff looks great, but at the end of the day, like, third parties didn't really use this stuff at all unless no. they were forced to, like, at launch. Like, right. they shoehorned some of the stuff into it, but after that, forget it. Yeah, the only thing that really, I think, took advantage of it, like, around that era was, I think, uh, Zombie U. Yeah. Like, was a really cool... I and mean, even then... That's the free game on PlayStation Plus this I month. Know. So it's like, yep. like, even that went away. After like the a while. whole TV thing, the whole like uh, Google Maps thing, where you're supposed to be able to go to places like virtually mm-hmm. and like look around with the gamepad. They decided to like charge you money for that. It's like, <laughs> yeah. So look, after all the Wii U and just having covered Nintendo now for like 20 years, like people are probably going to be freaking out over the NX. And I'm going to be a little lukewarm on, on it, probably, because like, you've, the promises have been squandered so many times mm. at this point that I just look at their hardware now with trepidation. And a well, lot look, of promises you can only kick me in a ball be... so often until I instinctively do that. Or put a you... cup on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Uh, cloud saves. Welcome to the uh, yeah, 21st welcome. century, yeah. Nintendo. Very 2005 <laughs> of you. 
But I mean, still... I mean, at least the My Nintendo thing is actually up and running at this point. Yeah. You know, like, you know, Mitomo sort of like kickstarted you into that. And boy, did that drop off the face of the earth after yeah. a week. Big first week, and then Big, it just. Number fell one, the face and I think it was like 43 the second week or something. People just walked away from it because there's nothing to do. Yep. Uh, but Cloud Saves are finally coming, which, it, look, you're right. It's, they're way behind the curve, but at least it's coming. At least according to me, to these me, that's, to me that says, um, you know. The, the handheld is part of the, the console. Like, it means you can play this thing on the go and, you know, the save gets shared between the handheld and the, and the console. Like, that, that's the only thing that makes sense there to me is, like, you know, your save goes with you, basically. It's still nice, though, because if, like, something happens to your console, oh, like yeah. what happened to my PlayStation 4, <laughs> where it's just rendered as a yeah. doorstop, and of, of all the back. And all of the, of all the companies, Nintendo's the one that's had the most problems with, you know, the, back when... Remember back when if your if your DS got stolen, you had to like call them and send yeah. them a copy of the police report, yeah, to, so that they would like you know reinstall you know transfer your account to the new one. Yeah, yeah. I would contend actually that game saves are more valuable than anything. Yeah, more valuable than the console, more valuable than the controllers, more valuable than anything. Yeah, like you don't realize it until you lose them, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh crap, that is. Hundreds. Remember, I don't know if you remember or not, but at X Play, I brought in my GameCube one time, and I had the import of the Master Quest for mm-hmm. Ocarina of Time, and we were trying to that. capture footage, and we had an intern do it, and I had just got. I don't know if you remember, like the original memory cards for the GameCube were really small and yeah. held like nothing, and I had just got the memory card two fifty one or whatever, mm-hmm. the black one. Yeah. That held like everything, like at least like a hundred megs of data. Amazing. <laughs> and our intern, because that disc was an import, and my GameCube has an import switch on it, so I tell him, I'm like, flip the switch, put the disc in, it'll play. Well, he does that, and it starts to play. The problem is when it first booted up, the the first thing it asked him was, "Do you want to format your memory card?" And it was in Japanese, Japanese. and he had no idea, and he selected yes and wiped. Three or four years of GameCube <laughs> saves off of my uh, for gone forever. All oh, the Rogue Leader gold medals, all of it. No, all of it gone, man. Like I was so sick that day, and that wow. was the first time I realized like the value of saves. And then when this happened with my PlayStation Four, that was the second time where I was like, "There's nothing more important than my save data. Mm-hmm. Nothing." So I'm very happy to hear the saves are going to the cloud, and hopefully it'll be somehow backwards compatible so you can send your Wii U saves up into the cloud and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, and then the final sort of rumor point is that, and something we've all guessed by now, is that you'll be able to choose your gender for Zelda U, which now also they're saying is definitely coming to both. both. I think everybody knew that was probably going to happen. Well, I think everybody knew it was going to happen when they debuted what we're looking at right now, which is Linkle. Right. Once I saw Linkle, that was pretty much sign sealed yeah, delivered. That was, like, that was uh, it clearly warming us up for the idea of a, of a female Link. Oh yeah. So. I mean, and look, she got her own trailers, and like you know, she's in the 3DS version, but you can also play as her in the Wii U version. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm fine with this. Yeah. Like I never really. I think because of the way Nintendo it's is a blank slate. Yeah. I don't, you know, it doesn't like, matter. It's the, like honestly, and she, every time it's a different person. Like you know, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a reincarnation or whatever of the. The hero of time, so... I mean, honestly, can... Link, as he is, could be a girl anyway. It's not yeah, like he's got a bulge right in his tunic. Yeah. Like, he looks... 
I mean, he could really be a guy or a girl anyway. Does Linkle really look all that different from Link other than she's wearing, like, a skirt? No. Like, not really. And again, you know, I, I think, you know, since the Link has such zero characterization, outside, I mean, the Wind Waker version, I guess, has some, yeah. some personality. But at least because of the facial expressions. Yeah. But in general, it's like he's such a blank slate that why not? Like, yeah. Especially, especially if it makes you know, you know, female or, or other certain whoever like feel better or feel more at home if they get to play a female version of that character. Go for it. Like, yeah, I'm totally fine with it. Other, the other thing is voice acting is coming to the game. Finally. Not not to link. link. Yeah. And I'm sure Nintendo will use the excuse of well, since people could choose between a male or a female Link. Yeah, I have two Man, words we, for you. Mass Effect. Yeah, like, oh, oh, you mean you'd have to record voiceover twice? Uh, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you bring Jennifer Hale in as female Link, then I, I, I'll play that every single time. And look, that's a very uh, polarizing topic. Should Link speak or not? Um, it's been discussed many times. It'll be discussed many more times. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I, I mean, really? I mean, I would accept it either way. Uh, I'm fine with him being kind of the blank, blank slate. I'm also fine if, if Link talks one way or the other. I was okay with him not talking until Skyward Sword. Yeah, he, pro- he kind of needed to talk in that <laughs> game. That's right. Well, he did. Like, his yeah. jaw was, like, flapping. I remember, I remember. Oh, and, yeah, and then Zelda would react yeah, to what she like, said. Yeah, It was just so weird. It was like, to me, that was the flag getting planted into the ground mm. of, like, it's time. Like, if you guys want to go this far, and you, as developers, are starting to see the limitations of your lead character never speaking, right. that you've found this god-awful compromise. The other thing, the thing about the voice acting that makes me wonder is, like, what's the world going to be like in this game? Because there's one thing I've really, that, you know, and I noticed it before, obviously, but, like, having played Ocarina and, Ma- and Majora's Mask recently on the 3DS and the Twilight Princess remaster, and to some degree Wind Waker, you know, you forget, like, starting with Ocarina Time... All the characters in the Zelda games that are not Zelda, Link, and Ganon, or Ganondorf, they're all really fucking strange. They're all like, ugly, like, too. Why, like, why are those worlds such nightmares? I don't like, know. Like, like the, the crazy mask salesman guy and, yeah. like, the, the crazy post office guy who's like... No, they're like a bad acid trip. You're like, what is going on? Everybody's got, like, these giant, weird, pointy ears, and, like, some of them are, like, like orange and shit. Some would say that it's just bad art. Some, but it's like it, it seems like so intentional and like, yeah. and and it's like unsettling and strange in a way that tingle, like, look at tingle. Oh what yeah, the hell. In in a way that like, it's it and it's unsettling in a way that like the original few weren't. Yeah. Like a link to the past oh, doesn't agreed, have that. Definitely. And I'm like, well, two D, three D. And so like when you say voice, you know, when you say voice acting, I'm trying to picture like. You know, like the Mario and Luigi fake guys at Lon Lon Ranch being voiced. And yeah. I'm like, I can't. I don't even know how you do that without making it either nightmarish or, like, bad. You yeah. know, I, I don't... I, I wonder, like, do you, do you like, change your approach to dialogue and storytelling in this game? Here's what I would say. I'd to make be more it than confident more if another AAA developer was doing it. But Nintendo literally has, like... Zero experience working with voiceover is like voice oh, I've had Charles Martinet saying like two lines from Mario per game for years. That's what I'm saying. Like they have no experience of recording Waha! it, implementing it into games, let alone like dynamic dialogue. Like, Hello. I mean, it's really they're just sound effects and sound bites is all that they've used all this time. Like, well, it's Star Fox. Star Fox is voice acting. It's always had voice acting. Well, yeah. it didn't in Super Nintendo, but Star Fox 64 they were fully voiced. 
Yeah, but there's a difference between and like to this saying, day we make, barrel roll. Yeah, but to this day we make fun of those those lines. It's, right. it's iconic. Yeah, you just kind of made my point for me. <laughs> uh, let's see, anything else? Uh, no, I think we've covered all of yeah, the Yeah, because the other voice acting Nintendo game I think of is Other M, and like and none, of, none of that's helping. Yeah, <laughs> that's not backing up the case either, so... So yeah, I mean, next week will we see another bundle of rumors? That's a lot for one week, right there. It's uh, it's really getting to be time to just like pull the lid off, here, yeah. boys. Well, I like, mean, look, in a month and a half, two months, they yeah. will. But it's just like, it's get, like everyone's getting all these preconceived notions about what it's going to be and what this is and which one's true and which one's not true, and you you got to wonder at a certain point if you let all this you know build up enough of a head of steam when you finally un- unveil what it is. Everyone's going to be disappointed. <laughs> it, well, you know, that Nintendo knows that people are not going to be disappointed. Yeah, it knows possible. what it has, and it's like people are going to flip their lids over this. So I'm almost at the point now where the fact that Nintendo isn't saying anything is encouraging. Mm. Because I, I feel like you're right. Like, if the message was starting to get so far out of bounds or so negative, like it was with the controller, mm-hmm. like people are like, oh my God, if that's the controller, what a disaster. Like, the fact that Nintendo never commented on that, to me, is a really positive sign. Because if it was feeling a little uneasy, or maybe if their idea was kind of close to that, you might have seen them being like, hey, like, you know, we don't comment on rumors or speculation or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they were just like stone cold silent on that. So that leads me to believe that it may have something pretty cool. I hope. I always think Nintendo stuff is cool at first. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Like, I can think of five different games I'd love to play on the Wii U right now, but they never made it. Yeah. You know, even like, a Metroid game. A Metroid game would be good. Good <laughs> um, one. By the by, the way, like the the concept of like the Metroid game, where like you you know you have the different point of view for shooting the missiles, like that controller is right there for you if yeah. you want to do that. Yeah. But you never had to leave the the normal viewpoint on the main screen. And then I mean, Penny Arcade did a very early strip. With the, when the Wii U was announced, where it was like, you know, three guys playing, you know, a, a dungeon D and D style dungeon crawler kind of game with the Wii controllers, and then the Wii U guy, the one player with the Wii U controller is like the dungeon master and like throwing traps and monsters in their way, and he's like, you can have that one for free, you're welcome. It's like they never did anything like that. The asymmetrical multiplayer potential of that system is insane, especially because you can do it all on the same couch. Yeah, and, and like they never, they never, they never did anything with it. That's what I said. I always get excited about Nintendo stuff first, and then eventually over time it just dwindles when mm-hmm. it doesn't get realized. So hopefully it's different this time. It needs to be different this time for Nintendo's sake. Yeah. Especially if this, if the NX is all-in-one and they don't have that handheld money to fall back on anymore. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of money in the bank, but it'll go quick. So. And it's ridi- like the most exciting thing that's happened Nintendo-wise this year for me is that uh, Link to the Past finally came out on the virtual console on my 3DS today. Just today, like, yeah. That was, that was, <laughs> I'm like, yes! I got, I'm like, like, it's a 25-year-old game, and that's what I'm most excited about that you've done this year. Yeah. That's bad. But fair. You got, I mean, you still got eight <laughs> bucks out of me, but like... And you probably paid for that game like two other times yeah. before. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to the last topic of the Big Six Battleborn. So... Battleborn is a MOBA shooter hybrid. Um, a lot of people, I feel like, probably get confused, get this game confused with Overwatch, which mm. is Blizzard's kind of MOBA take on the shooter, but nowhere... But much less so. Oh, much less so. Much less like, so. Like, Overwatch's MOBA-ness is more in the sense that it has a lot of characters that are very, very different from each other. It's like the aesthetic of it. Yeah. More than Whereas anything. this is like, 
Literally. The, the meltdown mode in this is a MOBA. It is straight up a MOBA, yeah. Um, the first thing I would say about this game, and look, the, the open beta is going on right now, so I'm sure a lot of sifters mm-hmm. have played it. Um, if you're wondering whether you should play it, hopefully we can help you figure out if it's worth your hard drive space or not for this weekend. I'll just play it. <laughs> the first thing Buy I would, that for yourself. The first thing I would say is that the characters in this game are terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, we talked about this before when we were talking about Overwatch, about how Blizzard is so great at creating, like, these entities as characters and these people that generate merchandise mm-hmm. and cosplay and all this other stuff around it. And Overwatch's characters are incredible. Like, I remember pretty much every one of them. Having played this game for five or six hours, I can remember a couple of the characters in this game. I don't know if it's the art style. I don't even think it's the art style. There's just... There's no style to these characters. Nothing that unifies mm. them together, in my opinion. None of they all look like re- rejects from other games. Yeah, they don't. They don't seem like they all belong in the same world. Yeah, there, there's no unifying character. Whereas Overwatch is not like that. Overwatch no, no. feels like they're all from the same world. They're just all very different. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they have different powers, but they feel like they're from the same universe. Right. These characters, you're right. They almost look like rejects from a bunch of other video games. There's nothing icon. I didn't cannot remember a single iconic character. Well, the funny thing is, like, I played as. Here's the thing. I was like, I gotta remember the name of the guy I played. I'm gonna remember the guy I played. I played as the samurai guy with the red laser sword things. Yeah. I have no idea what his name is. Yeah. Like, I don't I, remember any other names. I can't remember. I played with one character for three hours last night. I can't remember its name right I now. I played as him, and I played as the the mushroom healer character. Like that was very. I thought that was hard to play as. I uh, played a lot as the character you're seeing right now. And I played as, like, the Merc guy with the machine gun. Mm. Again, I can't remember his name at all. Neither can I. I (laughs) So that's the first thing I would say. The characters in this game are just not memorable. Period. Mm. But here's the other thing I would say about this game. I liked it less the more I played it. Mm. The first two matches I played in this game, I was like... Holy crap, what's wrong with people? This game is flipping awesome. Why are people so down on this game? And then I played the third match. And I was like, hmm. I didn't really enjoy that so much the Mm. third time. And then the fourth time, I didn't really like it at all. I think my biggest problem with it is that you can't follow what the hell is going on in this game. There Mm. is so much crap going on. Like, not even just like in the systems, but, like, literally on, on the, the ground, screen. Yeah. Like, when you get to the choke point on the lane... That's why the that's why playing as the healer is so hard, because, like, the particle effects and everything gets so crazy, it's really hard to tell who you're healing sometimes. I will say one thing. This engine is really impressive. Oh, it's very Because strong. the amount of crap that happens on screen yeah. at a given time, and it never buckles. No. I and mean, big, big stuff, too. Huge, like, like huge explosions, things. like... It's amazing, but it all gets lost. There's because mm-hmm. like especially at the choke points when you have your minions marching as an army into the choke point, they have their minions marching towards you, and then there's like five or six players in that mix and everyone's firing up their it is just right there, look at that. How can you make head or tails of like any of it? It's like I couldn't figure out I was just shooting blindly. <laughs> Into like particle effects, basically mm-hmm. half the time I played this game, looking for the numbers to pop up so I know I was hitting something. There was also like the weird thing where like I feel like you're really supposed to play it like a MOBA. Oh yeah, you and are. Nobody does. Nobody. Do- Everyone's just like running yep. ahead. I'm like, no, you got to kill the creeps or the, no. like, the like, 
Even I know that. I don't yeah. even play these games. Nobody plays it like a MOBA. But look, that's the problem is like expecting people who play MOBAs to come over and play a shooter is insane. Yeah. They don't, people who, first of all, people who play MOBAs only play right. MOBAs. They've already usually. got their game. They're, they're playing well, their game. It's not even just that. Like, to be good at a MOBA, you almost, if you, any yeah. spare time you have playing games, you have to play the MOBA. Like, Mm-hmm. Expecting them to be like, well, I like League of Legends, so I'm going to play the shooter. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Right. Well, it's like it's like, oh, you should love MOBAs because they're like fighting games. I'm like, well, yeah, in the sense you have to devote your life to learning yeah. how to be good at it, but it's not <laughs> exactly. like I, my fighting game skills are going to translate to that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the same, similar kind. Of, it's just a totally different genre. Here, I I didn't like it from the beginning. Oh, really? Um, you didn't like it at all? From I played from the start. I played a couple matches of the of the meltdown mode, and then I also played the first episode of the story of the campaign mode. Um, I played and, both of both. <laughs> and I felt, um, I just felt it was super floaty and I didn't feel like I was in contact with the ground. I didn't quite get where my melee attacks connected with the enemy. Like, I, I didn't feel like there was a lot of, like, f- like feedback. It didn't, the world didn't feel solid to me when I was There's interacting like no with things. There's, like, no aim assist in this. Like, yeah. none. Uh, not that I could detect. Did you sense any? There's an aim assist option oh, in, the, really? in the menu, in the preferences, but I didn't activate normally, it. Normally, I... I was using melee weapons, so I uh, figured it wouldn't matter. Normally, I hate aim assist, but I actually feel like it would be very helpful in this I game. saw an aim assist like, checkbox or uh, something. I should I, probably I look into that it. then. Um, but like, it just felt weird and floaty and... Like I didn't, and I was like, I hadn't been, haven't been paying attention to like the online response, and I was kind of worried after. I'm like, God, I didn't really like that. I, I hope I, mean, I'm, I don't want to go on a show and be like, Oh, I hate this game. And everyone's like, Everyone's like, Oh, you suck. And I looked up <laughs> online, and everyone's like, Oh, everyone doesn't like it. Like, kind of like <laughs> they don't all dislike it for the same reason I didn't like it. Yeah. But it's just like everyone seems to have their own personal problem with this game. And I'm like, and Here's the other uh, thing too: is that MOBAs are really complicated. Yeah. Like it takes a long time, not just to like learn how to play, but to learn like what you should be doing and when you should be doing it. This game doesn't give you any guidance at all. Like I don't know if the final box product will have a crazy tutorial, but if you're supposed to learn on the fly using the in-game tools that they give you, it is crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, so this game is really kind of a cross between Heroes of the Storm, a shooter, obviously, right. and League of Legends. So, just like Heroes of the Storm, like one thing that Heroes of the Storm does differently from League of Legends is it has like these little things called encampments that you can go to as a team or by yourself if you're good enough, and you can like take out the encampment. And once you do that, it will like give you enemies to fight on your side, like bots basically mm-hmm. that will come out of the encampment join up and then start going down the lane and and take your side well this game has it too but like nobody knows that it, <laughs> that it has it and even if they do you, you don't know where where they are like it really it's it's a good lesson in why mobas are have their viewing angle where they yeah, where it is of course yeah like the map in this game could be way like a map is so huge in a moba like it is more yeah. imp- once you get over the hump of playing it, you basically stare at the map. Like, your eyes are darting back and forth from the gameplay to the map, gameplay to the map, gameplay to the map, constantly when you play a MOBA. And this map is so small and limited, you can't see the whole battlefield. So you can't see, oh my god, three of their guys are over in the bot lane, Mm -hmm. like, wrecking our turret right now. Like, there's some vocal samples that fire off that says, your turret's under attack. It's like, well, where is it? Like, (laughs) show me where the damn turret is that's being attacked so I can go over there and try to defend the turret. I kept thinking about, um, I don't know if you remember the game uh, Savage. 
No. Or was it? It, uh -huh. was, it was similar. It was like an RTS, like third person or first person shooter. I think it could be either one. But one player was played it like an RTS. Like yeah. there was a captain of the team, and they could like click um, you know wherever they wanted you to go and you didn't have to go there but the idea was if you're if the if you trust the commander like you know they're clicking over here and a big giant light appears on your screen as someone like on the ground level and you all run to that thing and you do what you need to do and like and you had to like you'd like uh, you know hold the attack button like to build thing you, right. you were totally you were literally an RTS minion basically right. And, like, I felt like this would benefit from that, from having, like, a commander that could kind of see the whole situation and give you some kind of guidance as a team. It just... It just seems like a mess. The multiplayer, competitive mm -hmm. multiplayer, seems like a mess. And, again, you know, full And the campaign feels like a, uh, like a bunch of deleted scenes from Borderlands. So, actually, let's talk about the campaign. <laughs> let's shift gears and move on to the campaign. So, here's what I... You kind of hit a nail on the head, though. To me, the campaign is Borderlands. Yeah, pretty much. So I'm surprised that you hate it. Did you hate Borderlands? No, I like Borderlands. But because like, here's the thing. I didn't like Borderlands, but I liked the campaign in Battleborn more than the multiplayer in Battleborn. Well, see, I, I just don't like the way Battleborn feels when I play it. So I, it's like, like all of a sudden my, you know, there's no... There's not enough like visual and like feedback to, to when I'm losing my shield and when I'm, you know, all of a sudden... like. You know, like I'll go into the fray and I'll be like hitting things, and all of a sudden, like, oh, I'm my shield has been gone and I'm halfway down my life bar, and like the only reason I know that is because the, the the you know the screen's starting to turn a little bit red. Yeah. But I'm already you know battle battle when uh, uh, Borderlands when you lose your shield, there's a poof, like there, you know right. there's a there's a real yes. yeah there's a real noticeable visual yeah, cue. Yeah, absolutely right. When yeah. that happens, and so I know oh I gotta get the hell right. back. Yeah. And like there's nothing like that in this game. Well, there so are, getting, but uh, they're really subtle, and a lot of of the cues are just audio cues. And yeah. like, like there are, like, you'll see scratch marks on your screen if you're getting attacked from the right. Like, the scratch marks will show up on your right. Like, there are the cues, but you're right. They're nowhere near mm -hmm. where they need to be. So I, I enjoyed, like, the, the, the writing. And, like, when Patrick Warburton was, uh, you know, like, or maybe it was, uh, yeah, it was it was Patrick Warburton as the as the boss where he's yeah, like yeah. the giant he's a giant mech, but he decided he's the king of the giant spiders that day. So the big bad guy decides he has to humor him, so he's pretending to be a spider. Yeah, and like like that was funny, but yeah. like the third time I had to go and like activate the fumigation <laughs> pads to like yeah. you know to to convince him he was dying because there was a poison, even though he's. A, I'm just like, look, it's a funny situation, but I don't need to do it four times. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it, it just got old to me. And, and but that to me was kind of Borderlands. I mean, that's why I didn't somewhat, enjoy Borderlands. But I just felt like I was, I, I had a much better time playing Borderlands, I guess, because the character in Borderlands, I had already, I had made that character my own in a way that just isn't here yeah, yeah, in this right. game. You know, and like, yeah, you have the upgrades and you have the augments you can do as you level up. But it's not, you know, you don't get to choose your play style in the same way. And I guess, you know, there's a lot of characters I'm sure I'd find someone that I liked better. But, like... That's the only thing I don't like about this game, at least from a MOBA perspective, is the lack of flexibility in your build. Mm -hmm. So your build is, like, a big thing in, MOB in MOBAs. Yeah. And basically it's like, you know, you pick the items and the weapons that you want to use. And, like, each one has different effects. And, like, here, with every level, you have a binary choice. You get to choose between one or the other, and usually the choices are very similar to each other. Like it's a buff, and one like gives like your grenades more power. The other one may give like the grenade like a mm -hmm. wider explosion like radius or whatever. They're not like completely like game alt. You can't like completely create your own unique build in the game, and that's a big part of a MOBA. Is like 
messing around with everything and trying to find this build that can work against specific characters or just work in a specific lane or whatever. Like, there's just not enough flexibility in it. I feel like this game is just like a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none. Mm. And usually when you create something like that, your game is going to be doomed because it's never good enough to ensnare fans of any of those genres. Every The shooter fan is going to be like you. It's floaty. It doesn't feel right. Mm. I don't feel like I'm attached to my character. The MOBA guy is going to be like, there's no flexibility in my builds. Like, any almost every time you try to create a game like this, it mashes all this stuff up. It always ends up a flop because mm. you, it's never good enough for the fans of whatever genre okay, you're well, borrowing. Yeah, I mean, I stuff guess that's kind of my, my the question this game made me ask was, does anyone want this? Right. I mean, even if you addressed all these issues and made that game, you know, that that you know, perfect shooter MOBA. Does anyone really want to play that? I know. Like, I don't, I don't know if I want to play that. Uh, look, I love shooters, and I love MOBAs. And like I said, the first couple matches I played, I was almost, like, giddy. I mm-hmm. was like, this is freaking awesome. This is, like, the two things I love. It sounds like a really cool idea. Smashed together. And, like, the first time I started running down a lane with my minions in front of me, I was like, damn, mm-hmm. this looks this is awesome. I was so excited. And then even by the end of that, for, the other thing, too, is the matches last forever. Yeah. Like that's all I had time for. Like right, the big thing about like Call of Duty is that you can sit down and in ten minutes you're done. Yeah. Like worst case scenario, ten minutes you're done. Usually you're done in like five to six minutes. This is like a commitment. You don't. You have no idea how long these matches are going to last either. Mm. And look, that is kind of endemic to MOBAs. Like some games of League of Legends last twenty two minutes. Some of them last an hour and ten minutes. Like that is one kind of drawback to the genre in general. But. People go into MOBAs expecting that's how it works, and they know how that's mm-hmm. how it works. It's the same for Dota and any of them. When people play shooters, and look, most people are going to look at this game as a shooter. No one's going to... The average person who goes, who may or may not buy Battleborn, thinks they're buying a shooter. Like, it's not like us, where, like, we know all the details about it, and mm-hmm. we were on the beta, and we know what MOBAs are. Like, a lot of people that play shooters don't even know what the hell a MOBA is. Like, they're like, oh, that's like that weird thing on ESPN or whatever. So... <laughs> Most people are going to buy this thinking it's a shooter. And they're going to be like, holy crap, what the hell is this? Mm -hmm. Like, can't I just go kill everybody? Like, isn't that what I'm supposed to do? It's a shooter. No. You can't even just go kill one of the minions. Like, the... the, the, Oh, they're huge bullet sponges, man. Yeah, and I mean, in the MOBA mode, that's one thing, because, like, that's just how it works. But but that's not, though. Like, even in, like, League of Legends or Dota, like, a minion generally takes, like, three shots to Mm -hmm. go down. Like... You don't sit there, like, unloading on a minion to take mm-hmm. a minion. That's why they're minions. Like, they're just fodder that, to help you build your level. Like, you're supposed to be what's called farming is what right. it's called. Like, there's no farming in this game. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, whether you come at it from a mobile perspective or a shooter perspective, you're going to be like, but it's not blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And that's, I just feel like, again, it's like caught in the middle and it's not good enough on either end to appeal to either audience. And is there an audience for the middle of MOBA and Shooter? I don't think so. Like, Probably not enough. Not enough. Like, All I can say is like, I didn't care about this game before I played it and I still don't. Hype level down. And um, <laughs> look, there's only so much room in my life for, sh- for you know, multiplayer shooters right now and uh, this did nothing to convince me 
that I should play this instead of Overwatch. Yeah, I'm really when, disappointed when the time comes because I was really excited when I first. Because that was the thing about Overwatch is people would mention it was like mobile like or mobile light or whatever. And when I played it as, as someone more who Team plays Fortress, it, yeah. I think. And as somebody who does play MOBAs, like I went to play it, and I was like, "This isn't like a MOBA." Like the people who are saying that don't know what the hell they're talking about. There could about. theoretically be a MOBA like mode they put in one day. Right? I mean, you know, they could do it. They I could think. totally. I mean, they, the tools are there to do it. But then this one, that's why I got so excited when I first mm. started playing because I was like, "This is a MOBA shooter!" Like, holy crap! Like, I this could be like the most awesome thing I've played this year. Why are people so down on this game? Mm. And then over time, is there's yeah. just and I didn't want to be because it's like you know I like I actually like Gearbox's stuff for the most yeah. part. I'm I not, mean, look, not, this is a quality game too, yeah. by the way. Like not it, Colonial polish. Marines, but like you know I yeah you know, I like Gearbox's kind of general sense of humor. I like all the Borderlands games. Um, you know I I have nothing against them at all. I like what they do for the most part, but this just doesn't doesn't grab me at it's, all. Look, it's a quality game. It yeah, it's very polished. Um, you can see they probably spent a lot of time focus grouping the characters. They failed doing it, but I'm sure they spent a ton of money on every part of yeah. this game. You can see it. Like, it's not some it's slaggy, just, like, indie game. It like, just doesn't scratch the itch for me as a shooter fan, and it doesn't scratch the itch for me as someone who dabbles in MOBA. It just doesn't work. So I mean, that's I guess that's really what it comes down to. It, it was a, probably a cool idea at the time. It just doesn't work. And look, we've only played... It could. A couple maps, a couple I mean, modes. I'm uh, not saying this is, like, doomed forever. Like, you know, with, a, with enough work, it could be they something. Need, they need to delay this game, is what they need to do. They mm-hmm. need to delay it. I hope the feedback that they get is what I just shared... And they realize they need to simplify it more. Like, I mean, the the big problem is that you just can't figure out what the hell's going on. It's too much. Like, you just... There, nobody, like, before this game starts is saying, I got top lane, I got bot lane, I got mid, I got jungle. Like, there's none of that. There's no team coordination. Although, it kind of forces you to do it a little bit because you can't pick two of the same characters. Um, but there's no coordination beforehand. It's like someone's like, I'm a medic, or I'm the assault guy. Like, it's just... And the result is that everybody just goes in, and it's a big battle royal that you just can't even tell what the hell is going on half the time. So, I don't know. I mean, look, it's not tracking great already. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens after this beta, after everyone has had a chance to play it. And I hope people do share their opinions with Gearbox. And I hopefully hope, and I hope that they mirror my impressions. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they agree with me. Exactly, <laughs> which is probably a little selfish. But all right, that's going to wrap up our Battleborn discussion. Be interested. To, obviously, a lot of you guys are probably playing it right now, so I'm interested to hear your take on it in the comments or in the live chat right now. Um, we are going to go to our trailer of the week. As I mentioned earlier, it is the debut trailer. For Gears of War 4, I've never seen this before, Matt, that a game has been announced for almost a year. Yep. Almost a year. Ten months. All we had before this was the gameplay demo from E3, which mm-hmm. granted was a pretty beefy demo, but no polished trailers until now. Here is the first trailer for Gears of War 4. Also, get your questions in right now so we can peruse them while we're watching the trailer. Here we go.
Interesting song choice there, man. Yeah. You were just sharing an anecdote during the trailer. Yeah, that, uh, you know, I don't know if you can really pull that off after these sad Affleck memes. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, is great, in by the way. recent weeks, which has been taken down. How by the can way. you take down a meme? They took down the original video, which was made by, um, I think it was uh, Betty from NeoGAF. Oh, really? Uh, made, it, made the original video. Really? Someone from NeoGAF made that original yeah, meme? Yeah, it, it, it came from NeoGAF. Wow. NeoGAF, Internet NeoGAF. Um, <laughs> And uh, she, uh, he or she, I don't know, made made a um, a thread uh, yesterday or the day before that said this. It's been taken down. Like I, she, they couldn't like stop it from happening. So that got taken down. But all the permutations of it, including the Dark Souls version, right? Yeah. still up. Yeah, all that. You, know, you can't so, you can't delete a meme. It just so. doesn't work that way. Yeah. Kudos well, to NeoGAF though for creating that. That was brilliant stuff. Yeah, I mean it was great. <laughs> Flawless. Really was, yeah. But you're right. It did in the big in the big December roundup of best memes of 2016. It will be in there. No and question. I'm sure too that the studio who made this trailer is watching those memes go around, and they're like, no, <laughs> no, we already paid so much money for this. Oh, Microsoft and the studio who probably lobbied to use yeah. that song. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh god, in conjunction because no. it's number six on Billboard right now because oh, is it? well because of the uh, the meme. I don't know if it's because it might be partly, but I think it's mainly because the Disturbed cover uh, is right. number one. Uh, so right. I think Disturbed has pulled up the original Simon and Garfunkel version. Dude, that Disturbed cover is number one on the Billboard charts. Good lord! It is the end times, my friend. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see if we got any questions here. Uh, let's see. Here's one from Gino Mike One Skyrim this year. What do you think Bethesda's big game announcement will be this year? Well, Elder Scrolls, not Skyrim, I think. But, yeah, it uh, won't be like Skyrim too. But yeah, the new Elder Scrolls are due. Definitely. I'd be shocked if they didn't mention it. At yeah, least. You it can, may it, be coming out in the next maybe, five maybe. months. Maybe I don't. You know, you could, <laughs> it's about the right timing. Uh, you can't just go up there and give me another freaking Elder Scrolls Online expansion. No, I mean, you got to give me something here, boys. I think you're right. I think it's going to be the next Elder Scrolls game, yeah. though. Elder Scrolls. What is it? Six? Maybe six. Six. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it won't be Skyrim 2. No, it'll be another continent or some other place. Yeah. I wouldn't mind going back to Morrowind, personally. But Here's one. Transpersonage. I, I tried to pronounce that last year, last week. Yeah, we're totally murdering your name. Maybe type it out phonetically so we'll get it right Trans- next week. Transpersonage. Is it German or French? I don't know. Don't we're know. Americans. We don't speak other languages. We yeah, don't exactly. Uh, coming into E3, what could be the nightmare scenarios for Sony and Microsoft? What could Sony do to lose its lead on Microsoft at count? Nothing. <laughs> I don't see at how counter, that Microsoft overtakes Sony. There's nothing it can do at this point. I guess Microsoft could somehow buy all of Sony's exclusives from them. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Microsoft could just buy the PlayStation brand from Sony. Yeah. That would be about it. 
like the, like a tactical nuclear strike on Sony headquarters. <laughs> I don't I don't see any way for them to catch up at this point. I don't either. Um, a nightmare scenario for Sony. I don't know if there would be one. I mean, they've already had bad, like, PlayStation VR tanked in the one demo last time. That's already yeah. happened. No one batted an eyelash. I don't really see... There's not a whole lot of stuff up for risk-taking with Sony this year, I don't I think. Mean, if the I mean, PlayStation, PlayStation VR has already been shown. is 599 US dollars. Well, yeah. That could be a mistake. But at the same time, you've still got the normal PlayStation 4 to fall back on. But what if they do the, well, the old PlayStation 4 stays at that price. If you want the hype one, you need to spend 600 Yeah. That's a possibility. Could happen. And that would might be a nightmare scenario. I don't know if it's a nightmare scenario, but it's just, it would definitely be disappointing. Night, actually, a nightmare scenario for Microsoft is easy. <laughs> Basically, if it just showed, like, the same five franchises right. again... At E3, that would be a nightmare scenario because it's really Xbox One is like teetering on the brink right now. I think you know, for me, the nightmare scenario for Microsoft would be like you don't show anything that I can't play on on Windows. anything else, you know. And I feel like they're out, they're not doing that anymore. You know, there's there's no if you have a p- powerful enough PC, it's almost like they're saying like, why do you have an Xbox One? Yeah, you know, because like yeah, I want to play Scalebound, but there's a P- there's a Windows 10 version of that coming. I want to yeah. play. Uh, Gears of War 4, but apparently there's a Windows 10 version of that coming. Is it, you know, what but do you got? I don't even know if that's a nightmare scenario, though, because that's... Seems a, what they want. That's a strategy that I Microsoft guess. would follow. It's not something that they hope would go over well that didn't. Like, I think they know that Xbox One owners would freak out if they mm-hmm. did that. So if they were to do it, they would know going in that the result was going to be bad. But then they've still got kind of the, you know, the issue of, like, you know, like Sweeney and those guys saying it's like, we have to stop them what they're doing is going to ruin everything you know i don't yeah. know they need to get everybody on the same page somehow and they don't seem to have no one seems to understand what they're doing exactly no. but you are right like it would be a nightmare scenario for them to come out of e3 and have no exclusive roster of xbox one games mm-hmm. but then to me that would that would be what i was saying earlier coming to pass which is this is the last xbox we don't really care we lost mm-hmm. we've sold X million units out they're out there. People are going to buy games for it. That's cool. People can buy them on PC. We're cool with that too. I wouldn't be surprised if they ditched the whole get the free PC code with the Xbox One. Yeah, version. maybe that didn't work out so well. <laughs> yeah. this time. But I think that's an easy. And he didn't ask about Nintendo's nightmare scenario, so I don't even know if we should go into that. Nintendo's but. already living their nightmare yeah, scenario. It's, it's been it. living it for the last three I mean, they, years. They can only the wake up at this point, frankly. Yeah. I mean, just quickly, I would say nightmare scenario would be if that. If the NetX controller looked like the fake one, <laughs> that would be a nightmare scenario, I think. Yeah. If, if the leak ended up, like, obviously it wasn't real. I don't, yeah, but, sim- but if, a similar if thing. if that patent were real, ultimately, and that's what the NX controller looks like, that would be a nightmare scenario, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that would be, yeah, it's like if it turned out like, the, the rumors were true, that would be pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, he says it's French. French. That's, Snowpiercer, that's not... what? Oh, it's the French version, the title for Snowpiercer. Ah, gotcha. There you go. Because that was a French uh, comic book originally. Uh, let's see, any other questions? What if Xbox, this is from Evusen. What if Xbox 2 just becomes a Windows 10 machine with an update? Would the install base of the OS count as beating Sony? 
<laughs> I think that depends how how the games are selling more than how many people are using Windows 10. He brings up a good point, though. Yeah. Is that how do you how do you look at that? Yeah. Because I, I think you I look mean, at how it, do you measure who wins or loses? Is it how much hardware is out there, or is it how much software you sell? Well, if you're doing discrete boxes, I think it's how much hardware is out there, because uh, then you're talking about your potential sale base. But like, if you just if they switch to Xbox being just like a Windows box, a Windows 10 box rather, um, like there's a lot of people who have Windows 10 that are never going to buy a, a video game for it. Yeah. You know, like so you you have to then start measuring you know whose games you're selling more. Like basically, I, you know, at that point, Microsoft sort of steps away from the console race. In that regard, and you start looking at like, well, did Uncharted Five sell more, or did Gears, right. Gears, of, saying, Gears like, of War Six sell more? You know, I look. I mean, the hardware landscape's changing. You talk to Pack. Pack's like, next gen's probably the last one for consoles. Mm-hmm. I mean, say what you will about that, but then what does Sony do? Well, then what do fanboys talk about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> then it goes to software. Then, sales, then the right? Nvidia and uh, Radeon wars really heat up again. Yeah, exactly. So that's actually a pretty insightful question. Good one. Um, Carl Carlson, isn't it selling better than the 360 did in the same time frame? I think that was the case for the first year, but I'm wondering if that's starting to slip away now at this point. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the numbers are. On I would imagine it's getting pretty I'm, close to 360 numbers at this point because it has slowed down significantly from mm-hmm. the first 18, 24 months. So, <laughs> M. Greeley asks, "What are Pactor's E3 parties like?" Um. They're they're not crazy. There's not like yeah. strippers or anything no. there. <laughs> like <laughs> they're usually in a very nice place. Yeah, I mean he kind of um, has it in the same place every year. It's up on the twentieth floor. Yeah, it's up pretty high. It's way up. And in the place he has it, it has glass like all the way around, mm-hmm. so you can kind of see out over the whole city. It's a nice it's a nice spot. Yeah. And there's it's very good for impressing people who aren't from here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> you're like, Whoa, which is downtown. probably what he's doing. Oh yeah, know, I mean that's what in... all those venues are for. Right, and uh, it's there's. No DJs or anything. They have like a mm. little like last year they had like a lounge band that performed for a little bit. A few bit. years ago I got a really nice razor mouse. Yeah, out. yeah. You get gift bags when you leave. Like I don't know if you've seen it in the back of the shop before, but I have like a PlayStation 4 controller charger and uh I got that at Pax Party last year. So um but yeah, I mean it's mostly people just standing around talking to be yeah. honest. It's just a chance it's for free drinks and everything. Yeah. You know, it's like I mean at this point we know Everybody We've known all there. these people for yeah. almost two decades, so yeah. it's like it's you know it's it, after e, a day of E three, it's kind of a chance to like sit around and talk about what we've everybody's seen and kind of yeah. what they like and what they're seeing tomorrow. And it's really just it. a catch up because yeah. people that we know are scattered all over the place, and like you only really you're lucky to... if you see like anyone on the floor. Yeah, and so you finally get to kind of see see them all at this one place, and it's like anymore. That's really the one chance I have to see everybody at E three because I don't really go to yeah. a ton of parties anymore. So I just always make sure I go to packs, but. It's not like some crazy like rager or anything. A lot of the people that are there are older and man, I wish Pactor had got Huey Lewis to play his party. That would be amazing. <laughs> Huey Lewis in the news. I would I would go to that twice. <laughs> I'm from San Francisco. Huey Lewis is a local hero. Uh, here's one from Buck Wenna. If you could say you are a fanboy of one game dev, who would it be, or which would it be? Is proper English. Oh, if we want to go way back. Uh, to when Sega wasn't terrible, uh, I would say Smilebit. Yeah, I love Smilebit. Uh, currently, is there anything, anyone that puts out, I love, I like everything Sony Santa Monica puts out. 
I think they do really good work. Yeah, and they have a wide breadth of games too. Yeah, and um, hmm, I mean, like, there's a lot of like, like I'm a big fan of Respawn, but they've only done one game. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Capybara, but they've only done one game. Yeah, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff like that, I guess. I don't really look at look up to any one studio. Back in the day, I would say Rare. Mm, um, yeah, classic rare. Sure. Classic rare was just beast mode. Like every game they put out was just amazing, and it was a lot of them were always different. Like they were really good at creating a variety of genres, but they always nailed it. Mm. Um, you always knew the quality was going to be there in a rare game, and that has definitely slipped. Yeah, that started with Perfect Dark Zero, by the way. That yeah. was the first time my faith in rare was just. Well, actually, no, Grab by the Ghoulies was the first. <laughs> Was wow. the first rare game that kind of shattered that for me, and now they've lost like all their great employees. And I'm really excited for Ukulele because a lot of those guys went over there. Mm-hmm. But classic rare, yeah, I would say that they were like the even one. the weird one-off stuff they did, like Blast Core was. Oh, great. Blast Core was brilliant, man! Like everything they touched was just mm-hmm. gold back then, man. So they earned it. But yeah, back in the day, I, was, I definitely had an affinity for rare and in, in rares games. So. Uh, let's see, do we have anything else? Here's one from... Uh, CD Projekt Red. Yeah, it's a good call, Dark Force 256. Yeah, that's a good one. Here's one last question from K. DeBolt. How do you guys feel about the Ratchet & Clank reboot? For a budget title, it seems to be getting fairly good reviews. With this and other games like Lucky's Tale and VR... Do you think this bodes well for the resurgence of platformers? Great question. I'm not surprised because I picked it for my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, it's been doing really well. <laughs> really and that well. was the one you were like, I don't think that's a good one. I'm yeah. like, no, people love the ratchet. Yeah, people doing, love the furry bastard. It is doing really well. Yeah, it's reviewing really high. Um, I think I think that game is right in the right sweet spot where the people reviewing it like were just the right age to love the originals. And there's a, there's, a little, there's, a, there's some warm and fuzzy happening there. We and curated, it should be because that game is gorgeous. It is, yeah. We curated tons of reviews for that game. There was one review out of all of them where the author was like, I've never played one. <laughs> but I was actually surprised that there was one person that reviewed it that had never played it. I, I don't know if I've felt that old. Like, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. There's somebody, Any of them? None of them. I was like, there's somebody working in this industry, writing reviews for a big publication, who never played a Ratchet & Clank game. That's almost, like, impressive. That's, like, you almost have to try. I was just like, wow. I've been doing this way too long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my opinion of it is I think it's a missed opportunity. I would have much rather had a brand new Ratchet & Clank or a brand new game altogether from mm. Insomniac. Um, it's a, but it's synergy with the movie. That's what it is. No, I get it. I know why they did it. Like, it's a marketing tool for the movie. Um, and look, it's not just a straight up, like, no, it's, up res. Like, yeah, it's it, not a remaster. It's a remake. It's a, it's, it's a, I don't even know what you would technically call it. It's a remake, it. reboot. Remix, I mean, almost. Yeah, a little bit. Because like, there's weapons from recent games in there. Also, and, and also, like, there's, a, there's story changes. There's planet changges. Ratchet yeah. is a very different character in, yeah. in it than he was in the original. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very different direction to, to start the series in. Yeah, I think overall I would say as far as remasters or whatever the hell you want to call them at this point are concerned, I'm really impressed with it. Like, Mm. you know, Insomniac definitely went more than the extra mile. Like, it went the extra, like, five miles. I mean... Yeah, I'll throw Insomniac in that, you know, 
developers I'm a fanboy of as well. To yeah, I don't know. They've slipped a little bit lately, man. Here and there, but I will defend Sunset Overdrive as one of oh, my favorite, sure. favorite games of this gen and was horribly ignored. Yeah, oh, I agree with that. That was what, like, what was it? They said, like, Microsoft, like, Quantum Break is the fastest selling new IP they've had this generation. And I'm like, that's not so fair. So that, out of. <laughs> What? Like, and it turned out to be out like, of like two games. It turned out to be like like <laughs> Sunset Overdrive and like two like in, like Xbox Live Arcade games I'd never even heard yeah. of. And I was like, oh okay, well, what good, was good the, for Quantum Break. But what was the shooter, the third person shooter that Insomniac put out at the end of last year? Oh, uh, uh, Fuse. That was that what, was not that good. shook my yeah confidence in the studio. Well, you can tell that I kind of block that one out a little <laughs> yeah. bit. I don't know what the hell happened there. I don't either, man. I don't get it. Because remember, that was originally uh, was it Overstrike. Yeah. With a really cool, like, yeah. you know, cartoon. Like, they ruined and, it, yeah. And that, like, art style kind of carried over a little bit to Sunset Overdrive it to the did. point that the main guy in that original Overstrike trailer is in Sunset is, Overdrive. Yeah, yeah. And that might just be a nod. Or it's whatever. a nod, yeah, but I mean, he's like a scout, a beheaded scout leader or something but like that. But even, like, Resistance, like... The first yeah. one was okay. Like by the third one, I was like, "What are you guys doing, man?" Like, third, and well, the third those... one was. I, I would say the third one's the best. Oh resistance. well, it should be the third third game, but but I think sec the Resistance Two was the worst. Like I thought, it, I thought it went oh, okay, Ooh. and then like and like three, I think brought it back up. I didn't like any of them all that much. I felt like pretty much all of them were overscored. And... Well, that was also kind of from that period where like Sony was like was like. You know, between that and like Killzone, and they're like, "We're gonna outdo Halo if it kills us." I'm like, "It's gonna kill you." Yeah, it will kill I, you. I, yeah. Just stop. <laughs> just don't even stop trying to make Killzone happen. Uh, and good because they stopped make, trying to make Killzone happen, and now we're gonna get uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which is great. Yeah, it's true. All right, I think that's it for the questions for this week's show. We do have some business to handle before we leave, though. If you guys remember from last week's episode, I went through mm. and. Listed every single person who would become a Sifted Elite member. For those of you who don't know Sifted Elite, uh, you donate $50 or more to our cause and you get rewards. So the most obvious reward is you get a new avatar frame and you get a new background color for all your posts on the site. Um, we're, we're working on some t-shirts and there will be exclusive designs for those who are Sifted Elite. Um, and so every week on the show, as we get new Elite members, we are going to call them out by name. Last week, the list was gigantic. Mm -hmm. Things have cooled off a little bit for this week, but we still have quite a few, so Sam, bring them up. So this week's brand new Sifted Elite members, my, my, Mike Zek. He even, this guy even went on Twitter told me how to pronounce his name, and I'm still totally butchering it. My apologies. Mike Zek, Tortoise Eat Toes, Plant 42, Elric, Robert, Bentley, Gerzilla, Cubes the Camel. Thank you very, very much for donating $50 or more to Sifted. And now we have something very special. But before we move on... Hmm. Bravo. Thank you. Bravo. All right. So along the path over the last week or so, the Sifted Elite has launched. All you guys have been crazy generous. But there have been a few people who have gone above and beyond generosity and i'm not going to share exactly how much money they donated but just suffice to say that it was far more than the fifty dollars that got them the elite status these people were really in it to win it so this is what we're calling the sifted elite all-stars these guys donated well more than fifty dollars to our cause i cannot tell you how appreciative i was to see these donations come in from these people they are all that in five bags of chips and they are Solarkin, Jor, 
OMG, Mr. T, Wally, Nick, and Dyson XP. All right, I think Solar Con, maybe. Con! Thank you so much, guys. We really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I don't even know what else yeah. more I can say than that. It's just awesome that you guys have chipped in and, and I have tried a lot to of terrible ideas for further uh, donation goals, of yeah. course. <laughs> but yeah, we, we really appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys so much. And, you know, some of you guys that donated like the big dollar amounts, you did it completely anonymously. None of you guys went in the comments and was like, well, I donated, blah, blah, blah. Like, you, you just did it out of the goodness of your heart. So thank you so much. <laughs> 599 US dollars. For what? Somebody, somebody just quoted oh, me. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for a good 599 US dollars joke. Yep, me too. I always will be. I'll never, I'll never tell how much they donated. They can share it if they want to, but uh, we do appreciate it. So, any last words, Matt? Um, no, I, I, I hold by my idea that you should make a really, 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 really ridiculously high donation tier that lets you uh, change your background to plaid. Bad idea. Just, just to ruin everything for everyone. Where's the bad idea buzzer on this There's thing? Gotta it's got to be here somewhere. somewhere. I'll just use this. It's <laughs> <laughs> gone to plaid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's going to do it. Uh, let's see some housekeeping stuff. Platinum Journey. I know people have been asking, where mm. the hell is the next episode of Platinum Journey? Well, uh, I've been getting updates. Adam has stayed in touch with me. It, the show just is kicking his butt. But uh, it is literally almost finished. It should be coming mm -hmm. in the next week. Because um, let me tell you, folks, uh, someone who's done that TV thing for a long time with video games, no one guesses this or thinks this, but the strategy stuff, like, you remember, I don't know if anyone used to watch x used to see the cheat segments or the cheat show. Like, I worked on that for a while, too. Those are the longest production times. Those are yeah. the hardest segments to do because you have to do everything right and you have to actually get through the game and get to the parts and do all that. You know, a review is just like random footage half the time but this is like you know you have to really get in there and then you have to be good enough to do it and you have to do it multiple times so you have enough footage to like illustrate it and this guy's going like full platinum like that's crazy yeah. but that's also what makes the show great it's yeah because it's, he's the end really is challenging worth it. himself and so when you see the reactions when he succeeds it's like legit right. it's not some canned like thing so but that's why this is something i think we can't hold to a schedule really yeah you know, it's, it's a the production time you know the production commitment is astounding. Yeah. And look, Adam, I think he mis misinterpreted like how long it's going to take because he had just been doing them on his own time before. And he's just like, oh, when I get it done, I'll get it done. I'll put it on YouTube or whatever. Mm. And uh, I just think he underestimated how long it was going to take him to get. And each game's different too. Yeah. Like you could play a game and you just whiz right on through it. Just so happens that, that this one, one trophy yeah. just gives you gives you fits. Yeah. So it is coming. I'm thinking it will be here. I think honestly, I'm probably going to get it over this weekend. So hopefully Monday or Tuesday it will be live. So uh, that the quiz show still working on that. That has not been put into the trash bin. Uh, just working on the whole logic and concepts and stuff behind that. So that is still in the works as well. So uh, uh, Star Fox Zero Gaming Val coming up next week. So look for that. Um, but other than that. I think we're ready to get up out of here. Mm -hmm. Game Face 45 is up and out.